Classics Pack Rapidette, and we got ourselves a special holidays episode. And this is this is a fucking blockbuster, gentlemen. I don't know if you guys, well, you guys don't know this, but you guys have the biggest numbers for episodes. And this is like this is like a freaking what is this? The Avengers Assembled? I don't know what the shit this is. <laughs> but at the end of the year, um, hold all you guys in, in, and here we are. And uh, we were just saying beforehand. I mean, it's been it's been an eventful year. It's been, you know, I'm, I'm sure Russ would 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 have preferred to compete and everything, but at least things were happening. Things were things were definitely happening this year. Um, some major surprises. W- what do you guys think? What do you think is like the biggest surprise that happened in 2023? Oh, biggest surprise in 2023. Damn, that's a good one. I'm gonna say that Sheffield didn't flop. Honestly. Really? I'm I kind of expected it to. I was like cautiously optimistic. I don't know if you guys remember like the CTCUS Open um, back when Untested tried to do this whole like money meet shebang thing. It was terrible. I I remember that literally killed some of my friends from like ever powerlifting because we had uh, a little sleepover because we were like teenagers and it was pay per view, right? It wasn't even like a free stream. And we all waited until the early morning to watch it and then. Stream didn't even work. We felt like we got robbed, and like half of those guys just stopped powerlifting right then and there. So, yeah, I think. I mean, honestly, when you look back at it, though, for me personally, I I was one of the people that was kind of like I thought it was gonna be a flop as well. Not a flop, but I didn't think it would do what it did. But when they started putting out, I remember that first trailer. I was like, oh no, 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 they're they're getting they're gonna get this right. Like it's gonna be impossible for them to to mess this up. So, I wouldn't. For me, it wouldn't be Sheffield. I think honestly, when I think about it, um, I would have to say maybe Austin's performance just because mm. it was, I mean, it's like, it was literally like one of the best powerlifting performances in a while um, with Jesus as well. But I think his was a little bit unexpected just because he hasn't really done that. So when I saw that, I was like, damn, I, we all kind of were anticipating with this training a little bit, but it's one thing to kind of showcase that in training. And it's another thing to actually show up and do it. Uh, so I think that was probably one of the biggest surprises for me um, personally. What about you, yeah. Gavin? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's tough. I feel like I don't I don't know if I'm just not easily surprised by things. Like I feel like I expect great things to come. So like Sheffield, I thought was gonna be sick. Um, I do agree with Russ though. Like Austin's performance, I was not expecting that at all. But I honestly, and it sounds horrible, I really do a bad job of following people. So like I don't really know where people are at at different stages of their career. So I knew that Austin, I was really excited to see. Because I knew that Austin, when Taylor had that crazy performance um, where he came close, I think, to what what you did, Russ, uh, that Nationals, like whatever that was, there was like some hype around that. Yeah. That year, I'm pretty sure Austin was supposed to be in like crazy contention with Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And I think yeah. he didn't he didn't really show up. And so to see that this time, I think was really cool. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about our favorite performances, but I would say... I was most surprised by Rondell's, but that also happens to be my probably my favorite performance. So, so I would say I was most shocked. At, honestly, just his squat, like that grind, that was that was awesome. So that that was, I think, for me, that was probably just because even I think it, it was Pete who put up a story today. I don't know, Brian, you probably know more about that, like breaking that down about how he's like the hundredth percentile uh, for what he did. The um, was it the over a thousand kilo total in his weight class? So I think that's pretty that's pretty special. It's Freaking insane what Rondell did, man. He fought with that that squat like he was fighting that suspension dog. 
He fumbled the whole time. That was fucking nuts. <laughs> oh, that was that was pent up aggression coming out in that squad. I'm not feeling this fucking squad. This is there's gonna be people talking about this. Um yeah, break. I'll 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 put a pin in that because that's gonna be on my wish list. But um no, yeah, you I mean, know what? Didn't they did they uh did they take out did they eliminate the thing where you could protest other people's lifts? Did they do that at Worlds? They had that meeting, right? I think they did, right? They did that. I'll use that as my like surprise. So that's my surprise. Dude, is that the <laughs> is that the Gavin Eden ruling? Is that ninety percent sure they fucking did that? Those those fucking <laughs> be, yeah. I'm ninety percent. I remember walking down the hall. I was I was warming up for Worlds and like, uh, I think it was Amelia who told me. She's like, oh, did you did you hear in the meeting they just like got rid of the rule? So that's because I'm trying be my, to stop that'll be my shot. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's freaking um. It, another thing, like coming into. 2023 and now that we're exiting 2023 are we at where you guys thought like so much had changed in my eyes in in terms of just like for instance we're talking now russ is rejoining and, and a lot so many usapl people are crossing over now it seems like every freaking day i think i just read somewhere and i don't know if this is an official but i thought i read somewhere someone saying like um another 66 uh this time, I think it's Garcia Morgan's coming over, but there's like, and he had won USAPL before. Like, there's more and more every flipping day. There's more and more people coming over from the USAPL to the IPF. But going into 2023, when it was the holidays of 2022, we didn't know this was going to happen. Like, the landscape of powerlifting changed in a year. It was crazy. Okay. Yeah, I think the high-level competitors are people that have an opportunity to, to go into Worlds. Um, they're starting to realize that that's going to take precedence. Um, that's what I personally think. For me, like, I think I think people, whenever we would have our conversations, I would always kind of leave it open-ended to where I'm like, hey, I'm in the USAPL, but I'm also waiting to see who provides the better product. Um, and after a while, I was like, bro, doing one meet a year is not it. Like, for me, I'm, I'm about championships, winning, and all that kind of stuff, so... Being stuck in the USAPL where the like the highest credential you could achieve is raw nationals. It's like that's just a US title. It's not proving you're the best against uh best in the world. So I think a lot of high-level lifters are starting to realize, hey man, I think Powerlifting America and the IPF are gonna end up having the better product and we're just gonna go over to that federation. Are you surprised by this, Nick? That like so many people are coming over? I think that the running theme of 2023 is just going to be how influential and how big of a moment that Sheffield was. Uh I think it's like it was the biggest event of the year. Like it what that did to shift everything and create this sort of like vacuum. I think that a lot of people were viewing um the USAPL and IPF as like the IPF is very sterile. It's very boring. It had that sort of like tennis championship atmosphere, you know, like someone's mm. a big squad, you get the little golf claps. Um and then Sheffield showed that like no you can be an IPF lifter at like the highest level and it can be as hype as USAPL Nats, right? And have that same energy that they... I've never been to a USAPL Nats. I'm Canadian, right? So I've never been to one in person, but I've heard that, like, the streams don't capture all of it, right? Whereas, you know, you heard the same thing about Sheffield time and time again from everyone that was there. So I think that just showed that, like, you can still have that sort of, like, prestige of being a world champion you can have the titles you can go against everybody in the world versus just like the u.s even if the u.s has like the better lifters right and then still have also that atmosphere and that energy that the usl usapl was giving right plus the pro series flopped so 
Well, first off, let me ask you, Gavin, before we ask about the Pro Series flop, because that's a question I had. But Gavin, you you went IPF right off the bat. Um, did you foresee this? Is this why you went IPF right off the bat? I mean, I can't give myself that much credit to say that I forecasted the success, but I 100% believed in the potential of it. I think the reality is for me, I never really cared about money in the sport. My goal was to just be the be the best, all right? I mean, like, I didn't even really care about, this sounds really fucked up, but I didn't really care about the sport. I just cared about the art of being the best at something. So powerlifting just happened to be the vehicle I chose. And so for me, it just made no sense. Why would I go into a you know, a, a federation, why would I position myself where there is no way I can be the best, you know, because there was no world. So it's not that I, like I really forecasted it to become what it's becoming, but I did definitely see, I mean, bro, you look at SBD and I think if you have a somewhat deep understanding of the politics and the IPF and how everything works, it just makes sense. Everything's so connected, you know, and the money that's in the game, the money exists in the IPF, you know, especially when it comes to the political side, you know, so and how things are scaling up on the back end. So I definitely think that the potential was always there. And, and I think a lot of us saw that. I think maybe some people, especially in the States, I think they needed a reason to be salty and to like not be the, like be with the IPF. So because I'm so disassociated from all that and I don't really give a fuck, like I'm here to be the best at what I do and that's it. I didn't care. So like I wasn't really swayed one way or the other. To me, it was always just world championship. And then after that, if I want to, and the pro series is doing well, you could just go do that, you know? Um, so, so yeah, but I can't say that like I forecasted or I predicted that this, you know, this would blow up. But 100% though, I mean, I, I, I always knew that Sheffield would be big. I didn't know that they were going to be able to or be willing to stretch the boundaries of an IPF meet the way they did though. Like music wise, stage, like I didn't think it was going to be that crazy, which... I mean, I, I think I agree with Nick. Like, my perspective is always that IPF world meets suck. Like, they, they, they're the most unexciting for me. It genuinely feels like I'm here to do a job, which is fine. But that's what it feels like. It's like this, I mean, you're in a hotel. It's, it's weird, you know? But I did not expect Sheffield. I didn't expect SPD to be able to do what they did. And I thought that that was sick. So... Uh, and just to piggyback on something that Gavin said, um, I think a lot of lifters, I always talk about this uh, now that I own a business and also just having a bigger social media platform. There's a, and then, I mean, not shout out to Trump, but he has this saying called uh, the loud minority, right? So I think a lot of people complain um, about things that they don't like and they want to stay in the, they want to like be the opposing force for the federation right so with, when the ipf had like rules regulations you had usapl lifters that would push hard against it but i think you need that structure you need those hard set boundaries and i feel like a lot of lifters are starting to realize that because now with the usapl um it's not it, there's a lot more freedom but sometimes with that freedom comes just not a better product so i think they're trying to realize that and they're moving over and they have to eat their words there's a lot of lifters now that before they're like, I would never fuck train. I would never like lift in the IPF and fuck the IPF X, Y, and Z. Now they're back in it. And it's just interesting to see that shift. Um, but like I said, I think people like complaining um, and they just need something to complain about, but they're going to complain while they're in the IPF, not complain while they're in the USAPL. I mean, yeah, some people, <laughs> there's always going to be people complaining no matter what, even if they're in the IPF or not for sure. Um, it was, why do we think the Pro Series flopped? Because I agree that this obviously didn't work. It was a failed project. Man, I think so... the fact that we barely know anything about it is pretty telling. <laughs> you know, yeah, Is anyone following it? 
I can't like even when you said pro series, I literally can't even tell you like the first thing about the pro series. It's yeah. just kind of weird. There's nothing to follow. As like a complete outsider, again, not even a US citizen, I don't know anything about it. I know that it was a concept. I know that it was exciting. Um, where is it? What is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like in, I know some of you guys don't watch sports, but it's like in the NBA where they introduced the uh the in season, in season tournament where LeBron just won and they're trying to use that as like a as a way to kind of keep people interested during the regular season or like maybe competitions that aren't as important because I think that's one of the issues that the USAPL realized that they had. It's like, we only have raw nationals. No one cares about any other meet other than maybe like the Arnold. So the pro series was to maybe kind of keep people engaged throughout the year before the raw nationals or whatever raw nationals wasn't happening. But like I said, I don't, I don't even know too much about the pro series. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, that makes sense. Their their issue with having a nationals and nothing else was a for real issue. So they needed to do something. So they tried to make like some kind of a season. But to Nick's point, dog, I wasn't like how some people got pro cards. Some people weren't. I'm an amateur. I'm a pro. All right. But like for everyone else in the world, no, no one thinks you're a professional athlete. Like, you know, like it was more like an awkward conversation. Like I don't know what was going on. The the whole other world and even other people in the U.S. were like, "All right, so you're an amateur, but this other guy's a pro. But what's the difference between you two? Like, it's a real like. Are we? We're just pretending here, right? We're just having fun and like um, we're allocating like points and like qualifying meets. But people weren't to Nick's point. People honestly weren't paying attention to keep it up and like who's done what who's got what points like it it didn't it wasn't getting interest like that and then yeah. i mean i've said this before but like different weight classes from the rest of the world and like you add in everything now they got a different formula in this world cup situation they're trying to fix a problem but like the world like we don't have a world's you know kind of like russell saying it ends at nationals we need something afterwards let's do a world cup it's like yeah, yeah. man it's it's American World Cup though. It's not. It's going to be a, a second nations. I don't know what I don't know what you think's going to happen or whatever. But this is awkward, man. Yeah, I don't know. What do you? What oh, do you say? No, you, you go ahead. Like, it's it's like an awkward thing because even with the World Cup, I think they're going to introduce like maybe a couple of countries or something like that. Um, yeah, it, it's just I think they run into the issue of wanting to be as uh, present. And as instant as possible, like I, it literally looks like as they're rolling ideas out that are half baked, not like in a mean way. But it's like, hey, we have this idea, we have this concept, let's roll it out before we have like everything completely fleshed out and done, just so we have something to kind of give people something to look forward to. Because I feel like they also feel the shift happening. Um, they, I feel like they could feel that like a lot of big time lifters that were able to carry the federation are starting to shift back over to the IPF. So it's like, hey, let's. Hey, we have the pro series. Oh, hey, by the way, we have the World Cup. Oh, hey, like um, we have a meet in Vegas that like no one paid attention to during the Olympia. Um, just like a lot of different things that I feel like they're just kind of throwing in our faces just to kind of like, hey, here's another reason to stay. But I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they're fully fleshed out. I mean, I asked Rondell if he would do the World Cup. Like the World Cup came up, came up when he was on here. And he's like, Rondell's got like the worst scenario ever, man. Four years on hiatus, comes Jeez. back in within because because his federation just wasn't recognized by the IPF. It's a long story. 
comes back. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to do a USAPL meet. I've been waiting four years. I'm just going to buckle. I'm going to cave. I'm going to do a USAPL meet. I can't wait any longer. Two weeks after he does that competition, it's announced that there's a resolution with the IPF and the Federation is back in. And he's like, oh, good. All right. Perfect. Now I'm stuck. And I, it, he, we talked about the World Cup. Of the, he was straight up insulted that that was even an option. He's like, there is no way. I mean, it's, uh, what, what do you think, Kevin? Um, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I feel like the only opportunity for them, if I were them, I wouldn't even try and reinvent the wheel with like, at one point, um, I was talking about this with a client. It was actually really his idea. He was talking about like drafts, like, uh, like you have in the NFL. So you have like some of your top lifters are like team captains and they can draft players in like a preseason draft. And then once competition season starts, your teams are going up against each other. And it's like these leagues, you know, or you have this one league, but you have these teams. And then your ultimate championship is just two teams going head to head. But I don't even think you need to go that far. I think you need to convince Rogue to buy out the USAPL and compete or Nike or somebody to buy in, buy him out and then compete with SBD and what they're putting on. That's, that's probably the only way, because if you don't do that, you're not going to attract to the international influence, you know? So like, Right now, a lot of international lifters, the only reason why they go IPF is because it's their only option. So if you give them another option and it makes sense, then maybe they'd, you know, I mean, that's that's capitalism, right? So like now it's just up to the consumer to choose, you know? But the only way to do that is with money, you know? So like I feel like Rogue or Nike or Adidas or somebody would have to step in. And I mean, it looks like they're, they're, they're interested. Like I feel like what powerlifting, raw powerlifting is becoming is what CrossFit was back in like 2016 and it had like that pop and Reebok owned it. I think Adidas owns Reebok now, but like that was big for them. I don't think we'll die out as fast because we're a more sustainable sport. And I feel like we are, we're a specialty sport. Like there's a skill whereas as opposed to just being good at everything, you know, but that's what I see. It has to be. If we want, if the USAPL wants to survive, they're going to have to make some sort of agreement, like basically sell for pennies on the dollar and just like pray that, people can you know the board can stay or whatever and just let somebody else take the reins because how else can you compete you know you need money and you need the money to put on these events even spd like i don't know the numbers but i know for a fact they're not making back the money they've put into that first sheffield or even this sheffield for at least another year or two at least but they can do that you know they have the power to do that so and they're doing it for the betterment of the athletes and the sport you know so if the USAPL can do that, I think they can compete and they can start planning federations across the international stage. But if they don't, you know, you need money to do that. You need some influence to do that. So that's probably the only path out I see. Otherwise, you know, from what I know with the USAPL, again, for me, like I have no allegiance. The rules are pretty much the same in either federation, get drug tested either way, same bar, same, you know what I mean? So it doesn't, the only thing that makes it easier for me to compete in my backyard than it does for me to fly, you know, across the, across the globe to go fucking compete. But like, that's the sport, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, if that answers your question. <laughs> I think, too, if USAPL wants to go global, they need a rebranding. Nothing sounds sillier than USAPL Korea, you know, United States America, powerlifting, yeah, different nation, USA that's World Cup. It, it sounds ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I think Gavin's right. They just need money and then a rebranding. Not gonna lie, buying getting bought out by like a Reebok or, or not a Reebok or just a bigger company or maybe just getting funding or backing would be crazy. I think also too, just the media department, man. I think people underestimate the the power of social media or not not social media, but just media in general. Um, like we have literally like the voice of piloting here. 
whenever you're able to kind of like communicate with people what's going on in a very grandiose and exaggerated way, you'll be surprised about what you could do. Like when I look at the CrossFit games and they have those backstories and they have those introductions, it makes you want to buy in even more. And I think when I watched the Sheffield videos, like I've got FOMO and I rarely, I rarely get FOMO. If I'm not involved, I don't really care. I was watching that shit and I was like, yeah, I think I fucked up. <laughs> like, I'm like, man, I wish I was a part of this. Like watching that meet, how well streamed or how uh, well produced it was. Like that does a lot. And it was, it was somewhat of a reason why I decided to come back. Obviously I just wanted to, I wanted to come back and, and compete for world titles, but um, having the media component of it, I think they don't invest enough in that field and they get a lot of stuff that just looks kind of like outdated in a sense. And I feel like when you're trying to capture and Palpatine is getting a lot younger, when you're trying to capture the the eyes and the imaginations of the youth, you need media. Yeah. Um, to the point that you, well, first off, 100% agree with that. The media is massive and SBD really turned that engine on, on the IPF side. IPF has some alliances that really helped out and pushed them. Um, and uh, and thank you, dog, for saying the voice of powerlifting. But uh, <laughs> Gavin's right too. In terms of um, sponsorship coming on board, I wonder. SPD did a major competition, and just everything leveled up. The World Championships leveled up after. There's a diff definitely a different feel from this World Championships to the previous year, and the previous year to the one before that. It's getting more and more hype. This year they had you know this the where the the crowd sat was definitely set up for more viewership and crowd interaction. People had their faces painted, where waving flags, beating drums, doing chants. Um, they did the haka for the New Zealand lifters. It was crazy. Uh, you had like when Callie won the 74s, broke through and did that celebration on the sideline with Joey. And it was like, there was moments. It was pretty, it was pretty wild. Um, so it's definitely leveling up. I'm wondering though, if this success being on Eurosport, the Olympic channel, hundreds of thousands of views on the Olympic channels, YouTube, is it actually going to start pulling in these other companies with money saying, hmm, Okay, maybe a year ago, not interested. Two years ago, but now there's a lot more meat on the bone here. Oh yeah, I wonder I, what the future looks like. Yeah, I mean, the, the what's 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 irritating to me is that it didn't look like this when I was there, and that was only I was shit. I was competing about two years ago. It didn't look like that. It didn't feel like that when I was there. Like not in a bad way, but like you could tell the media push the amount of content, like. The lifters that have access to the content that they push out now, if you look on social media and I look at some people's reels, I'm like, bro, this is professional as hell. And it has like millions of views. We didn't have that back then. We didn't have like multiple. And these aren't even like, these are like junior level lifters. I saw a couple like uh, European junior level lifters, but it looks so official, so good. If, mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm working with a company with like Nike, Under Armour or Adidas or something of that nature, I'm looking at this shit and it's like, yo, why haven't we tapped into this yet? Like, there's something here. And Squad Bench Delph is something that everyone can do. And as we get more and more views, I'm telling you, the way that CrossFit exploded, we could be two times that because we have a lower barrier to entry and it's powerlifting is a lot more simple than CrossFit. So like I said, I just feel like the media is a good conduit to kind of get that done. But man, I it's kind of scary. Like, we're, we're, I mean, for me, it hits a little bit different because I've been powerlifting for, I mean, not as long as some people, but 2016, seeing some of the visions and ideas that I had like about what the sport could be. And it's like slowly, slowly starting to 
come true. It's like, I'm like, damn, like, did I start powerlifting too early? Like, I wish I was kind of coming into my own at this moment because I feel like now we're starting to get into a point where it's about to take off. You know, we have a youth on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube who are extremely creative. And mm -hmm. some of them have insane numbers. Insane. And you know a company's going to be like, how do we get a piece of this? Yeah, Jim you know Shark, tell you got to do it. <laughs> Shit, I mean, I feel like Jim Shark is gonna. Um, now I'm not gonna say too much. Never. <laughs> I, you, I you, feel like, I feel like Jim Shark is. Uh, mm, oh, never mind. I'm not gonna say this on on camera. But I just feel like Jim Shark is making a hard push into powerlifting, and you can see it. And I know, I know what they're gonna do. Powerlifting, as we see it now, it's like we aren't going to recognize what it looks like in a year or two. And there'll be surprises and pivots and turns. That's all that I've been told, taught, but, or uh, taught, sorry, since my entrance into powerlifting, man. So much has changed. It's, not even, it's crazy. Not to mention what's going to happen when the World Games goes raw. And 100% that's going to open the doors. People are going to be paying attention. Here's one reason why I've talked about this with Gavin, like at Worlds before, uh, but I probably talked about this with all of you guys, to be honest. But one thing that the IPF had going for them that the USAPL didn't was the infrastructure globally with 120 nations. And a lot of these nations are have to be federations recognized by the government to get government funding. And once you are recognized by the government, then you can be in in high schools, you can be in colleges, and sponsors won't even come on board with you unless you're recognized. You're are you actually government recognized? And that's bit across the world. That is, and then to be recognized by the IOC, to be linked up like they are with all these international governing bodies, makes an infrastructure in place that to dislodge them or run parallel to them trying to compete and keep up will be extremely difficult because if something crazy comes down the pipeline, they're probably going to survive. They, they, they're just too spread out with too many tentacles across the world. And it, it would be so difficult. That's where the USPL fought for a minute. Let's try to redo that. None of these federations in these different countries could ever get funding or any kind of sourcing when they're approaching other local companies and being like, we're United States of America powerlifting Australia. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> and the Australian government will be like, huh? And local colleges and high schools will be like, pardon? And it just is going to be very difficult. And then to disrupt the IPF will be very, very tough. Uh, just given all, all of that, like the, they're part of the university games. Um, and then you have like the Asian games, European games, in all these multi-sport games, including the World Games, which is about to go raw, there's a lot of opportunity there. So we'll see what happens. But also, what you guys were mentioning, um, I forget who it was, maybe it was Nick, that there was more than just the IPF as we picture the IPF. All of these different nations have their own flavor. Like Canada, US, France can do their own meets, do their own money meets. I don't know if you guys just saw, just this weekend... Um, silent worker in France did another competition and I just saw some footage. There was hundreds of people at this flipping thing. Penna showed up last minute because they could do this because they, because 
they just can if they want to. So Pena's like, fuck it, I'm going to lift today. And he jumped in. He almost did 710. That's the world record. But his last deadlift, he locked it up. But there was down up. I'll repost when he posts. But this show, like footage, Pena said, he was messaging me. We're going to do a podcast this week. He's like, man, I was there till like two o'clock in the morning doing pictures and autographs. And it was hundreds of people at this fucking thing. Like it was the, some people are showing like footage on, on their stories. It's in packed. And it's, this is powerlifting. And it's like, uh, they play like the music, the mic. You guys might've seen footage of me. They'll fly me in. I got the mic and I'm talking French, giving a speech saying like, Pena hears you. He's in the back, but I'm saying in French, tell him. Tell him or he's not coming out. And they're like, Whoa. and they're like, yeah, like hundreds <laughs> of people yelling back. And I'm standing on like a, it was, it's crazy, dog. Yeah. So we could do whatever we want to do in the IPF. It just, you know, I think people are starting to see that now. And people are starting to get a little bit creative. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Have, like, just let me, um, I mean, I was, I was, I was like one of the few lifters that was able, I think I was like one of the only lifters that did stay. I'm in the USAPL, but seeing like the IPF side of it, I was like, damn, like they, they came, like you said, they they get um, funding from their actual government. So it's like a different type of lifestyle and different type of attention to detail. And people really care about it overseas versus in America, where it's just like, there's so many other things that you could be doing. Powerlifting is like on the very low end of it. And it doesn't get as much respect as it does overseas. So it's just, uh, I saw the pen post and I was like, damn, this is beautiful, man. I remember when like, I remember when he didn't have that and then like that whole French revolution happened and they just kind of like changed, but that's just what's possible to me. That's like a small fraction of what's possible. If we all come back together and really invest back into powerlifting. Yeah. 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 And building off of that too, I feel like, like that's one of the, it's I mean, it's a beautiful thing. We're very blessed in the States to have that opportunity where there is so much you could choose to do. Um, and one of the downsides is uh, sport like powerlifting kind of takes the back seat. but the benefit though, I feel like too, is like, you have so many sports where lifting is in the culture. It's the backbone of a lot of athletes. It's in their training. It's it's It plays such a massive role in how athletes are brought up and raised. And, and it is also a massive business. So because of that, I feel like, dude, I know so many D1 uh, football players like I went to school with, they don't know what to do like when they graduate, like they're done. And they kind of almost hit like a postseason depression where they're like, what the fuck do I do? I went from waking up at 5 a.m., you know, having film and then classes and then training and then practice like to now nothing. Powerlifting is a perfect segue, you know, and it, obviously it's not just football players. I mean, it's anybody, anybody who weight trains, who enjoys it. That was like the only reason why I really even started powerlifting. Actually, it's funny because it was like, I mean, long story long, basically I felt like I was training every day for nothing. Like it was great that I was getting stronger. I was looking better. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, you know, I'm wasting my time. And at the time, like Russ, I would say maybe Noriega. And, uh, at the time I think I was, I was following Dawson Wyndham. And those are the three guys that were like, that I just happened to see, like nobody was really doing powerlifting content. So it was really Christian Guzman and Russ that I was watching. I think it was around the time Russ, when you were with, uh, Alphalete and yeah. That's what, that's how I saw powerlifting. So that at the time I was like getting ready to compete in Olympic weightlifting. And I just hated how I had to train. Like it was like three hours of singles and it sucked. So I was watching how Russ was training. I was like, oh, fuck it. You know, this might be it. And so that's what got me into it. But the point that I'm getting at is I was an athlete. I left sports, needed something to chase, something to build towards, knew I had the potential to be great at something. And I was introduced to powerlifting 
through content and stuff. And now as a result, here we are, right? We're having this podcast. So it's, it's crazy. So I think that powerlifting has the potential to do that for other athletes. So even though there is this massive international presence, there's a lot that we can do in the States too. Like if we start to scoop up all of the people who are athletes who just can't compete anymore, don't have leagues to play in anymore, you know, can't play ball anymore, whatever. Like, I feel like we'd really, we'd see some exponential growth for sure. I think we talked about this one time, Nick. What do you think the viewership of powerlifting is going to look like in the future? At one point, 100%, it was just, you participate, you watch, and if that. But now, it seems we can get gym goers, maybe. What do you think? I mean, yeah, it'll be bigger. <laughs> um, I still don't think that, I, I think you stay in your niche a bit. Um, yeah, I, I think that we can definitely appeal to anybody that lifts weights, but I think trying to appeal beyond that is maybe a bit, you know, don't bite off more than you can chew. It's a bit silly, but I, I think as long as fitness grows and it, it has, it will, it will continue. I mean, fitness is growing so much in like the last couple of years, like, you know, next year it can only be bigger. Powerlifting will grow with it. Right. Um, we talked about CrossFit and how like it's so much stuff like it's so busy that it's hard to actually like relate to it as much you know how many people are doing crossfit workouts or even like aspects of crossfit whereas you know everybody's doing sbd more or less right so mm -hmm. as long as fitness grows powerlifting grows viewership grows competitors grow athletes grow federations grow like who takes the reign is going to be you know up to greater politics but powerlifting as a whole i think Gavin said it. We're quite simple. We're in a good place. I can't see it going downhill anytime soon. There was a minute where there was discussion that had powerlifting peaked and we were at the top of the bubble. And I am coming out of lockdown. Um, we saw a diminishment of participation due to the lockdowns. And, and it took a while for us to get back. And then some people were saying, maybe that was the peak. Every sport peaks at some point. But after everything we saw this year, are we all on the same page that do, are, have we peaked now? Is it going to keep growing? Raw yeah. just got into the world games. We're only going up. Yeah, it's 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 still growing. I think it's going to I think we're going to hit our I, I mean, I don't know when we're going to peak, but I feel like we're going to hit the highest numbers that we've had probably like we're going to blow past those numbers the next like year or two for sure. hundred percent. Um, I think that I think I have a different take on it just because like I, it's kind of like what I've been doing over the last couple of years, but I literally get so many people like that have told me that I've converted them. Like they were just watching my content and I've converted them into piloting. I don't know. Like maybe it's just like things I do outside of piloting that makes it a little bit more relatable to them, but I think that we're getting more and more people that do what I do, that do like specific powerlifting content. We have Gavin now, we have um, Joy, Joy Fitness, we have a lot of different lifters to where like they're introducing people to the sport of powerlifting. Like not just like every people, uh, people that just work out, literally just people from other sports, people in high school, um, people that just be watching fitness content and they're just like, oh, I could do powerlifting. Like squat bench delf is an easy access thing to do. Um, so I just, I still think it's going to keep growing, man. And then like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, Nick said, we also have 
world games getting introduced like there's a lot of different things that are just going to continuously aid into the growth of powerlifting that i don't see it slowing down at all anytime soon yeah yeah i mean i i, I agree and i also think too like i remember being in high school and uh and in my off seasons like there was a powerlifting club at bosco and i never really did it because i felt like powerlifting at the time was like taboo like i was like oh what the fuck is that But looking back, knowing what I know now about the sport, obviously, if I had a visual of Sheffield and what that looks like, that creates like a dream for me. And that then would have gotten me to then start competing, you know? Mm. And so that was, that I think is what now the younger generation is going to have, which we didn't have, right? Which was that vision come to fruition. So when you can see people on stage in front of 5,000 people, I mean, that's different. That hits different. It's not just like some backyard meet, you know, a bunch of people drinking beer and, you know, playing metal music. Like now it's a production, it's a stage, there's a system, it's official, you know, it's, it's respected. There's a pedigree. There's even potentially a career, you know? So that I think is the biggest difference. And I think as soon as we can bridge that gap as well between like, this is the vision, this is how you get there. And then this is how you sustain it from whether it's monetization, whether it's your social media, whatever it may be. I think that, you know, you're going to see a lot of people not just buy in, but stay in. We all have bin businesses in powerlifting. We just we're just saying this so we don't fucking go down. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money wrapped up in this, gentlemen. Um, having said this, is powerlifting growing unequally in terms of tested and non-tested? You had mentioned earlier how, and I do remember that competition. Um, I forget the name of it, but. It was the big money one. Nick, you were talking about the, the pay-per-view didn't work. Gracie V was trying to run it. Tons of money was influxed on it by a guy with money who didn't care if he's going to lose it. But it was a guy. It wasn't a multi-million dollar company that's international. It was a dude who eventually was like, you know what? I think next year I don't want to lose as much money. And uh, right, I'm, I'm guessing it because it's, it's not what it was at one time. And... Powerlifting on the tested side has grown so much exponentially. We've seen the quality of streams, the size of these competitions. People are flying in from other countries, buying tickets. Sheffield's almost sold out. This is an international event. People got to fly in, get hotels. Hundreds of thousands of people are going to watch it. But on the untested side, we still kind of have these gym competitions etc it, it it's not if it's growing it's not even close to growing to the tested side why is that and will that change or will there be a growing disparity and what are the some of the repercussions of that if the disparity gets too big i think there's two things um that just immediately came to mind for me personally i think there's no structure in uspa and untested lifting in general And there's like a time limit on that kind of stuff. Like at a certain point, it's just going to eat itself up. And like you watch those meets and you watch those competitions. And like a lot of times they don't even look structured. Like they, they just don't look as well put together. That's why I've, I've always said like tested powerlifting has on average better ran meets, better structured um, events. Tested, it's like, yeah, you're checking in for the crazy numbers, but it's just not well ran. And there's going to come a point where it's going to eat itself alive. Number two is that the tested numbers are are sometimes getting. I mean, some of the tested numbers are better than the untested numbers. Hey, Zeus literally is the strongest powerlifter in the world right now, regardless of he's tested or untested. And you have 
other lifters and other weight classes are doing the same thing. It's like there's no lifters that are doing better. I mean, there's there's a lot of lifters in the tested uh, weight class that are doing better than the untested. So I think that like the allure of like, oh, you're watching to see some shit that's never done before. It's like, why would I watch that when I could watch Jesus? And he's doing that shit natural. Like, why would I go watch this untested? Um, so I think I think at a certain point, it's gonna be like uncool to like really care about that kind of stuff. And I think that with the rise of tested and and the um, the IPF, that's gonna keep dying down, dying down. Now that that one I think peaked. That one peaked with like uh, Dan Green. Um, I'm forgetting like all the names, but Steffi like, Cohen. Yeah, Zahir's coming back yeah. though. Who? What's that? Zahir. Zahir. He's coming oh, back. Zahir. Uh, yeah, yeah. The dude with I don't know if you guys remember Zahir. I've been posting the shitty mullet. Yeah, he's got a bold mullet going on, and God bless him. He's coming back, but yeah. I think it peaked out with when when Animal Pack was like a thing. I think that's like the peak untested for everyone wanted to be fucking Dan Green and all these crazy lifters. And then now, I mean, the, those lifters kind of like moved away. Also, there's no longevity in that tested, uh, untested thing. Mm. Like you're killing yourself. Like at some point you have to stop. So like you might have like a little two year, three year, four year window. And then after that, you kind of drop off um, untested. I mean, tested, you just keep going, keep going, keep stacking, keep pushing. Yeah. I just think, um, that's the one I think peaked out. That one's dead to me, my personal opinion. What do you think, Nick? You agree with this? What, what, what do you think happens? But why do you think it's happening like this, first off? So I think the untested powerlifting is not a good sport. I think that there just isn't any head-to-heads. There's no storylines. If you watch an untested meet, it is just a collection of exhibition lifts, right? And that's, a, that's what untested is. I can't name a single head-to-head that's occurred that's worth it and like i don't even know since like boss of bosses back in like 2017 2018 or something like that it just doesn't happen anymore right um but i do think you know playing devil's advocate here we're a bunch of like tested powerlifters we're maybe in like a bit of a bubble because i also think all the time like untested is dying but it could just be that i'm placing myself into a bubble that is entirely tested powerlifting. I think as a sport, it sucks. In terms of exhibition lifts, though, and that's where, like, IG really shines, I was just, like, quickly checking through to, like, look at some guys. Like, Andrew House, he just did a meet. Um, It got lambasted by a lot of the powerlifting community because the standards, which, again, is another reason why the sport, uh, the untested side of the sport sucks, the standards are nowhere to be seen. There's, like, a billion different feds. They all have a different rule set. There's no standardization. And half of the all-time world record attempts wouldn't pass anywhere, right? He still has uh, 70,000 followers. Zahir, I just checked, he's finally coming back. He hasn't done a powerlifting meet in forever. He just does exhibition lifts. He has a million followers, right? Do we have anyone on our side with a million followers? I think in, like, the social media sphere of powerlifting and, like, exhibition lifts where, you know, some people do watch these three, four-hour-long powerlifting streams. Uh, I think that, like, some of the sessions last Worlds got, like, over 100,000 on the Olympic channel. But we're so dominated by short-form content through, like, Instagram reels and TikTok that untested powerlifting as just purely exhibition lifts probably still has a future. Um, There just aren't a, quote-unquote, legitimate sport. Like, there's no competition to be had there. It's just lifting for the sake of it, lifting because it's fun, you know? Here's here's a note. I, I was talking to this with a couple of people on on some calls. 
I noticed the views when John Hack was competing, the viewership on the stream was very low, especially compared to, um, you know, Worlds, Sheffield, etc. But when I posted on King of Lifts, he got like 20,000 likes and blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was pumping. To your point, you know, comedians talk about this all the time. You could blow up on social media. In, in UFC boxing, you know, that's the sport I follow. You could blow up on social media. When you try to sell tickets, they bring a guy in. He's got a social media following and they can't sell a fucking ticket or a pay per view. No one will buy. Was, it doesn't, I, doesn't translate. I was literally and, about to say that. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you. I was literally about to say ahead. that when you mentioned that. I'm like, man, them, them clicks and views don't mean shit. I feel like there, so I have like tiers, right? There's tiers of people that are like, um, tiers of powerlifting superstars, right? There's tiers, there's tier like number one, which is like you get a lot of views and that, those views actually translate to real world things. Um, and there's like tier two, you like you get views, but like if I place you in the real world, like you have no motion, like no one's going to like really be coming out for you. And then you have tier three, which is like, you haven't really done anything yet. But I think a lot of times, like there's the wow factor of it and you're on social media, you're scrolling, you're like, oh shit. Then you scroll back. Then you just scroll past it. (laughs) But then you have like people where it's like, it really moves you to a point to where it's like, if, if that lifter were at a gym, you would drop everything you have going. You have you drop everything that you have got going on at that moment to go to that particular gym. I don't think that untesting lifters do that, in my personal opinion. Um, they used to, like back in the day when, when it was peaked out, but at this point, I don't think that's a thing anymore. Like you will check in for the lift and then you'll pull out and like you'll just kind of drop off. You're like, oh damn, that dude squatted fucking 750 juice to the gills. All right, scroll. Do you think it's a longevity thing? Because, like, if you look at some of the bigger superstars now and, like, uh, tested, like, yourself, right? you've been in the game since, like, 2016, right? But, like, you you can't juice to that degree for that long. You just yeah. can't do it. You'll die. So, yeah, so it's like building a community. Um, this is kind yeah, of exactly. getting off, Yeah, it's getting kind of off track a little bit. But you have to, as as an entity and as, like, someone that does social media, like, I don't, I don't think I've never been viral. I don't think I've ever really been viral. I've just been consistent. And that's because there's a consistent community that's been built over years. And I think that has a lot more power than just like a shit ton of click and views. Um, and I think that's what kind of happened with uh with the untested side. It's it's dope, but it's just almost like a um not like a meme, but it's so much as something you watch for a wow factor and then you just kind of die off. You just scroll past it. I think you're and I think you hit it on the head um as well, Nick, when you said. There is no depth of competition. Look at John Hack is phenomenal. I would have loved if he would have stayed IPF the whole time because we had had so many battles with him. But the last time I saw John Hack actually compete, and I used the word compete as though we had opposition that are going head to head in the same weight class, and I don't know who's going to win, was Brett Gibbs. Yeah. In 2016. You know, that was amazing to watch. And John Hack got pushed to the brink and got forced to pull his last deadlift for the win and his knees were knocking and everyone probably seen some of the footage of Joey Flex in the back with Matt Gary, like legends around him going, John, this is the last pull. This is for everything. This is it. And he was a a legend was about to be made. It was about to be John Hack, his first world title and Brett Gibbs was waiting in the wings to go answer. And it's Matt Gary and a young Joey Flex before anyone knew who Joey Flex was. And that was my, my first commentating. And I'm like, this is the pinnacle of our sport. I give this big speech. They will never have, John hasn't had that since. 
And they can't have that. So when you're, to Russ's point, the highlight really is his deadlift. Wow, that was a big deadlift. But there wasn't a story at that meet to watch. There wasn't like leading up to, I don't know who, if if this guy's, if John's going to win, if he's not, there's five guys who could beat him. If John misses. There's no Enahoro who's going to go a Hail Mary pass, going to try to overtake him. There's no, none of that. They don't have storylines like Sheffield offers with these videos that like Russ saw and he's like, God damn, this is good storytelling. There isn't that. There is no reason to tune into the actual show of the sport because there, there isn't competing like that at that level. But there is just fucking he smashed a big squad, a big bench. So you'll you'll scroll through. Very difficult to translate over. And how they fix that problem, you need a lot more lifters. And just on principle, it'll be very difficult to talk a lot of people into doing that much PEDs for what it does to your system to make it a big enough pool. Unless it's like life-changing, you know, money. Like we're not getting people who are coming up from the Dominican playing baseball. It's like, I'm going to change my life, everyone's life, generational wealth, millions of dollars. That's not going to happen in powerlifting. You know what I mean? Uh, you wouldn't even blink twice for that guy who made that decision. For powerlifters, it's like, why would I make that decision to drastically change my hormones and, and possibly very seriously impact my health? Yeah, it's difficult. Just on the surface, I think they're going to have a hard time. I, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to catch up. Now, here's a problem, fellas. What if they can't catch up on that side? And what if the it just gets bigger and bigger, more and more attractive? We're on big, more and more networks. It's, it's going to happen. More and more money comes in on our side. Wow, what, wow. Happens? what happens? I don't, I don't think, what happens? What do you think they start doing? I don't think it'll totally die in the sense, because I think it's easy for us to not see the full picture i think nick's right we are kind of in a little bit of a bubble but i know too um there's a lot of athletes where their first meet is a non-stiff bar meet if that makes sense like they want a deadlift bar like that's always a thing they want a deadlift bar and they want like a really relaxing meet and that is uspa wrpf like that is exactly what that is you know those are long meets their friends are there it's fun. They play whatever music they want because it's not really like they're not worried about copyright and stuff. Like it's a very relaxed, chill meet. So for a lot of people, it's their first meet in the sport. The only real way I think that people get introduced to our side is if they got introduced to it through one of us, you know, through somebody who they follow or somebody who's in that that niche. Otherwise, what the fuck do you know about the federations and also that, you know, you have no idea. There's so many, especially in the States. So I think to that degree, it'll always have a place, you know, a place where people can kind of just sign up and show up in a way. Um, and what I will say too, though, is like there are some distinct differences that separate it from tested where I think unfortunately right now it hurts it. Like the 24 hour win, the fact that they can use the IVs. I mean, like you add in like all these like little factors, it makes it so hard to compare to us. Like you can't even, it's almost like two different sports, you know, and the downside, and I don't mean this to shit on, like I'm not, I'm very impartial, but Russ is 100% right. Our numbers compared to them, like it's sad almost, right? So because of that, when you add in all the factors and the advantages that they have, even the non-obvious ones that, that other people wouldn't pick up on, like not having to travel far for their meets, not having crazy judging or at least consistent judging, the 24-hour weigh-ins, getting to use an deadlift IV bar. to rehydrate, deadlift bar. When you add up all that stuff, not that's barring the PED use, right? Like even that still makes it almost like what are we doing, you know? And so I think I think the one thing that will either, I think they kind of have to own that. Like they're going to have to own 
this like rebel kind of side because if they tried to match us i don't think it'll work it's not the culture i don't think it's i don't know I, the way i like to look at it and the way i've always told people like who are getting into the sport what to expect i compare it i don't know a lot about bodybuilding but i compare it to like c-bums division and then like phil heath's division and the ronnie coleman division right like the mass monsters right i believe that's open and then c-bum might be classic right so c-bums like that's the tested side in my opinion like it's aesthetic it's achievable, like it's it's clean. It's what people like really root for. But everybody does every now and then like to see the mass monsters fucking go at it, right? And that's yeah. but not everybody wants to look like one, right? Not everybody wants to go through that whole thing, you know, and be a part of that culture and like and that's it's its own thing, you know. So I think that's that's the difference. Like I, that's kind of how I like to look at it. And I mean, the reality is do like strongman works and all those guys are juiced up. You know, strongman is is massive, you know, internationally. But again, it's just it's a little bit different because it's i feel like it's like um it's more exclusive it's special and there is no like tested strongman and if there was nobody would even come close you know if you're even under a certain weight you can't compete in in strongman really you know against some of these top guys so yeah i don't think it'll completely die as we grow i just think that it'll be very difficult for them to adapt unless they choose like a different path you know than what than what we have like they can't they can't go side by similar to like usapl ipf if usapl tries to continue to do this like world cup stuff whatever probably not going to be able to compete you know but if they do own their own thing then i think they might have a shot kind of thing you know i think wow. so double back real quick on the usapl thing not to stretch it out anymore but i, I don't think they're going to be able to compete but they'll survive and do their own thing at a certain level they'll turn into like uspa's type deal and just cater to a different audience and do, but they could still run meets, be successful, et cetera. Um, to the point of the tested, I think they could super use, look at people, hate, you know, they, they love to shit on IPF or, or rulings and, and how stiff it is. But so that stiffness has created a standard that you also can enjoy in terms of that steadiness of it and the untested needs some kind of infrastructure in place because the calls and the standards, people get super upset and it's all over the place and people get roasted for posting their own lifts and like they need something. And I don't know how that get fixed. That is a whole political issue. If, if we're talking the reason why USAPL lost this race gets IPF times that by a hundred for the untested in terms of unstructured, no, no, I don't know how they fix it. I don't know how they fix that piece. Now, here's one of the parts that I was kind of alluding to, though. If the tested side keeps growing exponentially, I mean, even more companies are entering, more streaming services are entering, et cetera. The temptation for some of these untested lifters who don't have a lot of opportunities, that will change. Whereas previous years, who cared? It's close to parity. Whereas moving forward in five years, if the untested remains where it is, small gains, but nothing exponential, but the tested side keeps having this exponential growth, then are we going to start having some problems and issues like that's when things got to get tightened up. We, you know, the, the temptation and lure by some of these individuals being like, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice. Yeah. I think, uh, that was being rumored with the whole uh Juwan thing. Um, how he just he was gonna come over, I mean, which he did. Um, 
Are you just talking about like how untested lifters are going to come and compete? Tested? They might come and compete, but I just hope that nobody comes competes dirty. Yeah, because the allure, the the yeah. money, the money's there, the fame, like it's not there yet. But in five years, if you told me there's going to be serious money and fame and whatever fame maybe, but like serious attention. Mm. I will believe you because five years ago, we we're so far behind where we are now. Five years from now, who knows? I'll believe you. I think a lot of people might just wait out there, wait out the, uh, what is it? Um, like four years? Yeah, a couple of years, something like that. Might wait it out. But I mean, there's, like you said, there is also the fear that people will just come over and, and compete and just fucking roll the dice and see what happens. Um, I don't know. I, I'd say let, let them come. I mean, why not? Like, yeah. compete, they're, they're numbers, clean. Yeah. I don't really give a fuck, you know? Like, my job is to be the best. <laughs> I feel so, like also too with with that like USA so I, not USAPO but IPF is like a whole different sport from what they do. Um, I I would I would compete against the tested eighty three. I don't care. I mean untested eighty three. I don't care because they wouldn't. I don't see like a I don't see one that is like doing what I'm doing. So it's like and you have to weigh in two hours prior. You have to use a power bar throughout all the three lifts. Like I don't. Yeah, I I think the differences are bigger than just the drugs. I mean, like most of the good eighty threes or like one eighty ones are doing yeah. death cuts from like two hundred, and try that with two hour, you're not even gonna make it out to the bar. So yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, let them come. It'd be funny. They'll still test me. It'll be great. Yeah, they'll, they'll, I think it'll just become like the other big sports where it's like you do have those people that do cheat. It's just part. It's part of growth. Like you will. You have people that will try to cut corners. Um, it's like with the Olympics. With football, uh, with baseball, that's what that's like one of the things that happens when you have a big ass sport. People are gonna try to cut corners, people are gonna try to cheat. It sucks, mm. but that's why that's why drug testing is there for. I think for the for a while back in the day, I remember explaining to people, because most people aren't used to, oh, you have untested. Like there's no such thing as like <laughs> tested and untested baseball or like yeah. tested and untested, like anything, man. It was very bizarre when I used to tell people. And I was like, Hey, look, as long as they have a sandbox to play in, a lot less, a lot less opportunity or a lot less chances that they're going to come into your sandbox because they have their own sandbox. Yeah. Uh, but if your sandbox has a fucking sandcastle that is way too good to resist, which is starting to get built, that's when people start looking into your sandbox. So I don't think it's a major issue right now, but uh, who the flip is, man? This 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 bad boy's grown. We're going big, but hey, what 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 a what a discussion for a holiday special, huh, fellas? <laughs> I feel like we did it in reverse. You said we were gonna do the holiday special, then the <laughs> review. We we've definitely Doug, done the the year in we, review. And... Yeah. We we all right. Let's do let's do um a wish list. We'll do we'll we'll double back into the holidays, okay? Because I got my holidays background going on. You're rocking the Santa Claus hat. We won't deviate too much. I gotta <laughs> I fuck you. I got a wish list, uh, a naughty list, and uh, whatever. We'll, we'll we'll have some fun here. And I want to get your your favorite Christmas movie too. Um, so let me pull up. I don't know if you fellas got got anything, but here is. I'm gonna start off with my wish list. Um, right off the bat, if there, I can use any kind of holidays, Christmas miracles, if Rondell Hunt. If somebody could just alleviate that man's suspension or give him time served or whatever, that would be high on my list. That man has missed enough of his prime. Talk about the Muhammad Ali of our era. Damn, man. <laughs> Five years now? 
He had four years. They talked. He's got another one. This is five years of his prime. That's insane. Rondell Hunt, it would be my wish for that young man um, to be able to compete in the IPF and let's rock and roll. Time served. Enough's enough. Um, here's another one. US, USA could send two teams to Worlds. I don't know if you fellas seen the qualification, uh, but it's going to be difficult to send two people in one weight class. And there's going to be some excellent lifters that are not going to make the U.S. team. Can you imagine U.S. had two different teams at Worlds? I know at one point there was, there's still is USVI. And there's a couple people that still go USVI. Joe Jordan's gone USVI uh, and he's going to stay going USVI guaranteed pathway to worlds there's a couple of people doing that but us is still so stacked if we're honest they could field two teams and i think worlds would actually benefit from it that would totally throw off national team points unless you agree team b cannot collect national team points yes you, you have to work some things out there's some problems with this this is holidays fellas holidays miracles work with me here but I would nah, love. They don't, they don't would, need that. They don't need that. No bias. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you know, you guys got enough. You guys got enough 83s. We don't need to. We don't need more of that. I just realized that loophole. Kind of. What the USVI thing? Yeah, I just remembered I should, that. I should do that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to. You're Canadian. What are you doing? No, you can't. We need you, Gavin. What do you think, man? What are you thinking about my wish list here so far? About. Two American teams. I mean, for 100%, I need Rondell to come in. I want the most competition possible in the sport, and I think the more the merrier. I think, you know, 1,000%, I, I hope he can come back in. And uh, I honestly don't even know fully that situation. Um, so I'm just going to trust your word that that's the situation. Like, you know, is it that he can't come in, right? Like, he can't compete? Well, here it is. So, yeah, like, like Trinidad and Tobago, um, as a federation – fell out and like had a massive political issues and um for four years he couldn't compete eventually succumbed to the temptation went usapl got and now is suspended for a year everybody and their mother's coming over to the ipf and he's like i'm joining this party but i gotta sit out a flipping year okay so he's got a year all right yeah so 100 percent. obviously i want him back and then yeah the two teams thing i mean I it I guess depending on how it'd be structured, I do I do like the idea though of having like you want your nationals to be a real nationals, you know, you want you want the best person um at that time to represent the country. Mm. You know, it, it it needs to be exclusive, it needs to be special. And um, you know, and don't get me wrong, I mean I'm somebody who's benefited from the Federation sending two athletes in a particular weight class, you know, but I still am going to stand strong in the reality that it is a special, it's a badge of honor. You know, it's hard to, to do what we do. I think people forget how much we pour into it. You know, we don't get 16 games a season, you know, we get nine attempts. And so it's tough, man. I, I do not that I don't want to sound like forgiving or anything like that, or, but ultimately a national should be a nationals and the best should be the best, you know? So, but I do think it would be cool to have, I think it'd be cool to have like, um, like a second string, you know, like a second string that's there, that's ready, that's available. And if they want to battle it out, even with like the other, if there's enough people to fill the depth, other second string player, I think that'd be cool. 
but yeah, but it, I, I also think too, like, bro, these meets can get long, you know, like there's already mm. two different flights right now. Like I think the 93s last worlds, it was like 40 lifters in the first uh, session. And then the second session, my session was like eight or something like that. That right there is lopsided. I mean, those guys get like 15 minutes of rest between each attempt. We get like seven. So, you know, it's like, you know, the more you add in, the more, I think the more kind of convoluted it gets, but, but yeah, I think it'd be cool. Here's the thing. It, it is crazy hard to make a U.S. world's team. And I'll, there's going to be a lot of Americans who are world-class, would medal at the world championships, who won't even be able to go. However, on the flip side, to your point, Gavin, you make it on a U.S. national team, everybody at the world championships knows who you are as I and you. You walk around the USA across your singlet, it means something. And why does it mean something? Because of everything I just said. Because that's how good that team is. They could field two teams and, and walk away with like twice as many medals. Oh, <laughs> fucking. Let's go, God, baby. he's so American. He's pumping his, he stands up <laughs> and he's, he's, excuse me, I got to stand. No, <laughs> man, I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just an athlete who likes to work, man. I mean, that's, that's, that, that, that doesn't get your blood flowing, man. I mean, that's, it's fucking that's sick. That's how deep I'm, our competition is. That's how rough. That's the grit. You get, you, you got me break up right now, Playboy. He settled down. Take it easy. Whoa. But anyways, yeah. So there's two more. I got more. I got more. Here's another one. Taylor Atwood is healthy, returns to form, and we get Taylor versus Perk in its full send. That would be a wish. But where's Taylor at? My man is playing this card so close to his chest. It's crazy. He is not posting anything even remotely close. It looks like working sets. Mm -hmm. But he seems confident when I talk to him in DMs. Um, but a Christmas wish. How he lost the title at Worlds with controversy. And he clearly was, his numbers were down. It's not the way the torch gets passed if this thing's got to get passed. Um you know, if Perk is the new guy, I want about I, I I want Taylor back to being Taylor, and let him go out, let him go out on his shield, and 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 feel good about it, and be like, all right, because um, and and if Taylor is Taylor, I'm not saying he's gonna be 38.5 again. That'd be my Christmas wish, by the way. But if he was, we got ourselves about Perk can't be missing lifts. Um, Perk would still be the favorite with E51, obviously, but it wouldn't be just like he would have to hit. I want that. I want him to have to hit. I want. I want my. I want my torch passing. If it's if it's got to be a torch passing, I want it done right. Not nobody gets styled on. Here's another one. Here's here's one for the wish list. Chance Mitchell returns. What? Out of fucking, I miss out him. Of fucking nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere, Playboy. Chance huh? Mitchell shows up at PA Nats. Sneaky qualified on a small local beat. No one's see coming. No one's see coming. If PA that's Chance Mitchell is back. Can you imagine? Would that be a Christmas miracle? Are you? What happened to this dude? It's literally become <laughs> one of the one of the mysteries of our sport. If he yeah, ever that, comes that back. Weird, yeah. I, I mean, I will say I do hope he's okay. Um I I, I don't I don't I don't like uh I don't cheer for people to like do bad. I don't know what's going on in his life. Maybe he's just getting himself together. Um, and he just needs some time away from social media. But he did just vanish oh. from the world. So um, hopefully everything is being figured out on his end and everything's okay. So on that on that respect, I do hope he's he's doing well. 
I mean, he was doing like he did a, a couple co-hosts on KOTL, like preview shows, seen him at multiple world championships, PA Nats. He was on the podcast a bunch. And see, like I've you've never seen somebody just disappear overnight before like that ever. Yeah. It's so unique. And then he came back briefly, dropped one podcast talking about. And by the way, when he won worlds, he was extremely popular, like Everybody was all over him because it's such a good story. And and he's a character, man. He's got he's got personality. For sure, he's got personality. And um, love him or hate him, man. That's what you gotta be. He stood on, you know, what he stood on. And then he came back briefly, dropped the podcast, completely. Uh, what's the word I'd be looking for? Just not fluffing off, but trying to downplay what had happened with Sheffield White backed out and what was going on and kind of downplaying it all with the tone and the verbiage he's using. It kind of like, you know, we move forward. What was the feel of it? Mm. And then proceeded to disappear again. And we just made it more interesting. Like, what the hell happened, my dude? And now you hear rumors about people saying, like, now he's like the boogeyman. People are like, I think I saw him at a gym working out at like 3 o'clock in the morning when no one else was there. It's like, yeah, for real? This is what who's seeing this? But this is these are rumors you hear. Like he, he's SBDing three o'clock in the morning in jams or whatever. Man, if he ever comes back, if he ever resurfaces, I got to get him on King of the Lifts. And my God, will he have a story to tell? My dude, let's catch up. Yeah, it'd be crazy. What do you think the chances are that this guy comes back? No pun intended. At some point, he, he might be Batman, bro. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, man. I don't know. Is that I mean, what it is? I don't. I mean, I don't know. What, I don't know what the situation is. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, maybe he's just trying to be secretive. I don't know. Um, or maybe he has some like real life stuff going on. So it's kind of hard mm. to say, like, is he gonna come back? I don't know. Um, and if he does come back, I mean, he he better have been working. Like, it, it can't be like, oh, I'm, I took time off and now I'm back. It's like it's not how it works. Like, people have gotten better. So. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Russ. I think, I, obviously, of course, I hope he's healthy and everything's okay, you know, and I hope he knows he can reach out to people for support if he needs it. But uh, but beyond that, you know, I did listen to that podcast that he had dropped. I honestly, and this is just, I don't want to start any rumors, this is full transparency. I thought that it might have been like drug related or something like that, like PED related or something. Um, and so I was kind of like, uh, I was happy to hear when he had dropped that podcast, you you know, assuming everything he said, you know, in that podcast was the real reason it had nothing to do with any of that. And it was just like, uh, you know, that weird situation with like finances and SPD and all sort of stuff, um, flights and stuff. So, yeah. So of course, hoping, hoping that, you know, he's healthy and, and he's, he's doing okay. I think it'd be great to have him back. I mean, like I said, he was, uh, I mean, he's a world champion, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, as somebody who really doesn't, I enjoy competing against people who, uh, who are high caliber, you know, and who raise the bar. And uh, I believe iron sharpens iron. So to have him there, especially in in form, you know, would be great. Yeah, we'll see. It's interesting. I also like I reached out to him a couple times. I don't know. I'm not sure. I got no idea. I th at some point, he's going to resurface somewhere, and and we got to have a chat. Uh, Brett is another dude. I'm trying to wrangle that fish. I'm trying yeah, to wrangle that fish back on, man. I, that was crazy I need, whenever he, he posted that uh marathon shit. I was like, yeah, that's so random. I was like, oh shit. Like I got I remember scrolling I, I distinctively, man. I was pulling up back to my curb after a workout and I'm scrolling on my phone and I see like 
I see Brett Gibbs. Like I looked at the name on Instagram. I saw Brett Gibbs. I was like, why is it showing me like posts from like fucking years ago? And I looked, I was like, oh, this shit's recent. And I'm like thinking like, I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm thinking it's like training footage or something like that. My heart started beating fast. <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. Yeah. I was like, no way. And then I looked at it. It was like, it was like a marathon thing. I was like, or whatever he was doing. I was like, damn. All right. And then I just, you know, kept scrolling or whatever, but yeah. He, he's he's moved on, uh, but it doesn't mean like I still need him back. <laughs> I remember at one point when he first left, and like he didn't leave on his own accord. He couldn't straighten his elbows, uh, do serious elbow problems, bone chips, etc. And he had to quit, forced out. And I remember initially, like me and Brett would talk in DMs and whatnot. And initially he was like, I, I can't talk about it, man, because it's too soon. So it was it was going to be difficult. He didn't want to talk about it. And then, so, and he's still, I, I still, I can't get him yet. Not enough time to pass, I guess. I will get Brett Gibbs on this podcast at some point. We're going to relive some old memories. Maybe I have you on, Russ. You know, maybe we 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 go back to like a throwback or whatever. I don't know. UFC's been doing that with like Anderson Silva and Chael Sonnen and whatever. That's reliving the old battles and whatnot. That's like so people weird. like that stuff. People yeah. like seeing old rivals come on the same podcast and talk about it years later and reflect. What were you thinking? When it's, oh, dude, do you remember when you did that? I was actually thinking this and, and the whole night. And maybe we get like a John Hack. Which is crazy when I think about it. What's that, sorry? I've never really spoken to him like at length. Like everything was very like past, like, you know, pass by type thing. Um, never like really sat down with him and like really like had a, really con- a real conversation with him. It's weird because we're so in it right now. Can you guys picture yourselves moved past powerlifting? Maybe you can, Gavin. I got the feeling you can, but in really not giving a fuck what's going on in powerlifting. Oh, I I personally don't. <laughs> like not that I don't, not that I don't give a fuck. I I care about more of like the big things, but like when it comes to like lifters and shit, I really don't be. My my feed is not powerlifting. My feed sports and like anime and some other shit like i don't really pay attention to powerlifting specifically um i have people fill me in here and there but i don't be keeping up like the like storylines the memes and all that kind of stuff i just be living in my own world and lifting like you can picture yourself totally moved on and be like man i just could care less i someone tries to talk to you about man this is going on this battle's coming you're like i just don't give a shit give a shit i feel like when it comes to like i was i was at a problem to me today I, don't, I didn't like I was hearing some shit today. I was like, oh, OK, I didn't know about that. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, I didn't know about that either, because when I'm inside the gym and you catch me, first of all, I don't even talk inside the gym. But like casually, if you catch me, we can talk powerlifting. But the second I step out of it, my brain doesn't operate in powerlifting like it doesn't. It does, but it doesn't. So I don't think about powerlifting. I don't have conversations with people about powerlifting. all my friends, like my real life friends. They don't powerlift like powerlifting is something I talk about all the time. Just like going to the gym and passing. Do you, do, Gavin, you see yourself just flipping that switch, kind of like Brett Gibbs and be like, man, I'm done. I'm past it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, I had already kind of set a timeline for myself as to what I, you know, wanted to accomplish by a particular age. And I've got, I've got things that I need to tackle that I want to, that I want to do that are going to be way more difficult than rising to the top in powerlifting, you know? So, um, so that stuff, and they're just different industries, you know, like I like, like I said, man, it's nothing against the sport. I think the sport's great, but 
I'm not in it for the sport. I don't love the sport. I love to train. I've always loved to train and I love to grow, but I love to be the best at what I do, you know? So I just copy and paste that in every industry that I want, you know? So that's, that's all. So like for me, I just know it's not feasible. Like what it takes for me to, I treat powerlifting like it's a professional job, you know? So it's like a, it's just, it's always going, you know, but that's, it's like a full-time thing, you know? So because of that, if I wanted to be the best at any other thing I wanted to do in any other industry, I treat it the exact same way. So there's no way I think I could be, I could manage, you know, being the absolute best at what I do in this sport while also being the absolute best at what I do in something else, you know? So yeah, I definitely have plans of kind of moving forward, but I mean, we'll see, you know, I mean, I, I've always had dreams of going to the Olympics and stuff and I'm delusional. So like, I truly believe I could do anything. So I, uh, to my own detriment, honestly. So, you know, if, powerlifting doesn't make it to the olympics then once i tap out you know everything that i can do in powerlifting um then i'll probably try and either i'll i'll, I'll per, like continue to pursue some of the other stuff i'm dabbling in now and use that to get to where i want to go um or i'll just hop into a new you know a new environment new industry but yeah i think i have a timeline for this i don't think i'm going to do this till i'm like 80 you know what i mean okay first of all i'm going to ask nick the same question but guys i am going to miss the fuck out of you guys if you guys leave like <laughs> this is like you guys are this is this is deeper no, 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 no. Right wanna, now, playboy i don't want to confuse nobody it's not like i'm gonna leave i'm just saying like whenever whenever that time does come i'm not gonna be like i'm gonna miss competing i'm not gonna miss like the other shit like i don't really i don't really inverse i don't really like put myself in those like uh conversations or whatever it's mostly just like the actual fact of like i go to the gym allows me to kind of express myself physically and I get to compete out for that. Um, that's what I really love. So it's, it's like, it's weird because in my role, not just like podcasting, but also podcasting, but because I do the commentary for the world championships and, and working with SPD for like their different events and stuff. Like I, I do see even since 2016, my was my first commentary gig. I do see a bit of like changeover. And some people I used to see, I don't see now. And because, you know, whatever, athletic careers are only yay long. But it, there is like some people that like, you just seen them year after year. And I do sometimes, like, I don't ever take it for granted that certain people right now are in my life and I get to see them at Worlds, I get to see them at Nationals, I get to see them at events and stuff. And I get to have these conversations. And sometimes I do think like, there's going to be a time, man, I'm going to keep showing up every year and some of these people move on with their life doing other big things. God knows what the hell you guys are going to end up doing. And, um, and I want to see you guys at events and I, you guys won't be a part of powerlifting like that anymore. We can shoot the shit and whatnot, but like, I'm like, damn it, man. What? It's part of life, but it's like, I'm going to fucking, there's certain people. It's like, this is going to be hard. <laughs> I have a complete it's gonna be hard. I want Nick to answer the the question too, but I have a complete sidebar off of that. You have a sidebar off of well, okay, yeah. Nick, you answer the question first, and then we'll do we'll go back. I think that you three have all accomplished so much in the sport. I haven't done shit, um, <laughs> so you I can't. Got other juniors, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't be thinking about this where it's like you know I'm not. I haven't won worlds. I haven't been to Sheffield. I don't even have ten thousand followers. I've done nothing in this thing, right? <laughs> right. Um, if it wasn't for Ina, maybe I could sit on like the laurels of my deadlift, but I genuinely have nothing at this point, right? So 
I'm not thinking of an out. I'm still climbing. I have uh I need to light my boats on fire or whatever Gavin says. I need to just keep That's going. right. There's no I'm not I I'm not thinking of uh what to do after this cuz I haven't done anything yet. Burn your fucking house down. That's That's it. what you're going to do. Okay? Move into the gym <laughs> and, and take it up a notch. Um, Russ, you were going to say something, sir? no, yeah, so I was going to say like uh I feel as though I feel as though a lot of people burn themselves out um, with the sport. Like they make it their personality, they make it their life, and then they burn hot for maybe like a year or two, and then they just kind of like burn themselves out. But like I've seen, I mean, you've you've seen it too. I've seen so many faces come and go. And it's it's actually pretty crazy now that I've been I'm getting closer and closer to like being a decade in this. And I think one of the things that kind of like is a representative of greatness is the fact that there's a consistent level of showing up every single year. Like think about how many workouts you have in a year. Cause I have a six day training split. That means I only get one. I, that means I only get one day out of the, out of the, out of the week where I'm not training. And it's like to do that over and over and over and over again, that shit is hard. Like it's not an easy thing to do for me. It's easy now because I've made it a, I made it like a routine But when you really think about it, I've seen so many people get burnt out. I almost don't blame them because it's like, you got to be fucking maniac. You got to be like a little bit unhinged to keep this going for as long as some people have gotten, uh, have kept it going. So it is kind of crazy when you think about it, how people have, have slowly just kind of like weeded themselves out or just fallen off. I still follow some of the people that got me into piloting. They're not even fucking piloting anymore. Like I've Isn't looked that at crazy? my, like, yeah, like for example, um, Well, Charlie Dixon actually came back, but for Yeah. I remember he was a thing back in the day, and then like he just disappeared and then came back. Same thing with Chance Mitchell. Like you have like a world champion, he disappeared. Who knows if he's coming back? Uh, when I look at some of the people, Katie, you remember Katie Ann, the one that used to do bodybuilding and powerlifting? Rutherford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, With Lane, I, she was with Lane Norton. yeah, Big time. and now, yeah, now I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what she does. She probably still works out, but she's married, and you know, she's just living like the married life. So. Yeah, I, I just feel like a lot of people, they make it their personality and they go so hard at it that it burns them out. And I feel like if I just kept thinking about piloting 100 miles per hour day and night, at some point I'm going to be like, man, I'm sick of this shit, man. Like, I don't read, I post, I don't read comments, I don't do nothing. Like, I like memes, I see like all these meme pages tagging me, I don't even open it. Like, I'd never see anything. I just focus on what I have to do and then I just come back home and live my life. So I think that's going to help with like the longevity aspect of it. Because if I was checking in every single day, bro, I'd be out of here. It's uh well, first off, when you brought up Katie Ann and she did a lot of work with Lane Norton. Lane Norton's actually another guy I got booked for Thursday in a couple days. But um hats off to that OG man still in it. Lane's in Yeah. his 40s, but he's to your point, doing so many other things. He's on like Rogan, Andrew Huberman talking about a million the Bradley Martin podcast, talking about so many other things in his life. He's powerlifting focused. lifts like with the intensity and loves it still competes goes to ipf master worlds etc but is completely balanced in how much he does com we've done commentary together he'll probably do more in the future but doesn't go so far in that he can burn out and that's kind of where he could keep it moving and he's also and, and unhinged keep it too that motherfucker's unhinged in a good way like oh he's a little on he's a little unhinged man he yeah gives it he's still fired up when he goes into the gym
Yeah. Like he still gets amped up like crazy. The bless- Honestly, man, that's a fucking blessing. That is such a blessing. Like, cause I like, as long as I've been training, I still feel that way. I go to the, I, like, I'm completely sidebar. But when I think about it, like, sometimes when I go to the gym training, I'm driving and I'm like, Oh fuck man, another day. And then as I get closer and closer to the gym, my heart starts racing. And I'm like, fuck man, I get to fucking tear this bitch up. Like, I still, I still get like amped up to train, which I hope I maintain because I see people like him, and it's like you see him like getting ready for his deadlift, and this guy's like fucking screaming in a crunch fitness gym, and I'm like, man, I hope I still sir, have, that. <laughs> sir. This is an Arby's. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I still have that, have that intensity, man, because I really love this shit, and I like my comments earlier make it seem like I don't love it, but like I love the training aspect of it, so. It's it's weird. Like, you know, we're talking about Chance a lot in this podcast, but I remember on a podcast I had with him, he was like, I worry about you, man, because we don't have like we don't have a lot of guys who are doing everything that King Ellipse is doing necessarily with commentary to flying around the world, doing all these kind of things and then podcasting, reposting, trying to do all these things. He's like, and you got a day job. He's like, I worry you're going to burn out. Like, I worry one day you'll be like, this is enough. Something's going to happen. Things will change in my life where I'm like. It's too much. I can't keep it up. I can't keep it up. I can't do it anymore. But I told him, and this is no hyperbolic. When I show up at an event and I put those freaking earphones on, like, I fucking feel it, man. I yeah. feel it, man. Like, um, maybe if, I, if that ever goes away, fine. But I feel like there are times when, like, Gavin knows, man, somehow I got Gavin on the freaking IPF media team for commentary. We flew to Turkey. We are on the other side of the world, man, commentating and stuff. Nick was there. And um, it was great. We've been in some adventures, me and Gavin. And Gavin's like, dude, I don't know how you just talk for hours and then show up in the morning and talk for hours. And, like... The hotel wasn't great. Things are going shitty. Things go sideways on you sometimes. And I'm like, I love this, man. Isn't this awesome? And Gavin's like, dude, <laughs> why are you like this? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I fucking love this for some reason. It's so, I don't know, man. But I'm very much like a people person. I'm so like grateful meeting new people and stuff. Like before that, since then, me and Nick have done a bunch of podcasts, right? I see him at events. Before that, I don't. Even, I don't think I'd ever met Nick in person, right? No. There you go. You show up to an event, you meet someone, you don't know who you're gonna meet, and then all of a sudden, now Nick's done several of these podcasts. They've blown up and done great, and like we see each other at events now, worlds, whatnot. It's like you don't know who's gonna come in your life. I just show up at these events, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I I fucking love it. But I don't know. How do you feel, Gavin? You feel about, like love for it like that or about about all the stuff we're talking about? I mean, yeah, I, I love everything when it comes to the opportunity, the people that I've met, the people. I mean, I don't put anybody on a pedestal, um, but I absolutely admire and respect the work that people do. And I know I can appreciate how hard it is to do what we do. Um, in any capacity, whether it's business, whether it's education, inspiration, the content, the lifting itself, you know, it's it's hard. So um, I have a great appreciation for that. When I get to share moments like these, um, you know, like I said, like Russ was one of the people who got me into the into the sport. Like I specifically remember where I was sitting when I was like, a, I think I was a freshman in college and I was watching there was a, a video that Alphalete put out 
as like they're like these are our new athletes whatever and russ was like the the guy and he was oh, like shit. the only power lifter bro he was fucking you know, i'm not trying to gas him up right now but he it no, was I sick. Remember that video yeah. you know what i'm talking about right so it was sick that was years ago i mean that must have been like eight years ago or, or something like that maybe i'm, I'm six years ago something oh, like that it's getting, getting close to eight years it's crazy so like i remember sitting in my basement like watching that and i mean i'm still i still feel like i'm nobody i still feel like i haven't achieved anything but back then i really was like bottom bottom hadn't even competed hadn't even done a mock meet and i just remember you know, being in that position, but having that vision, right? And so to be here now, I'm blessed with this opportunity to share some time with you guys. And again, Russ is one of those people who brought me in. It's like, you know, that would not have been possible if it weren't for the sport, if it weren't for the culture that, you know, people like you, Ryan, you know, you you take time out of your day and, and energy, you invest into the sport. You know, you are the voice of powerlifting, but you bring people together. And that's hard to do. It's hard to do time and time and time again, you know, and to sustain. And so, I think there's a reason why people gravitate towards you and people are willing to give their time to you and, and all that. And, you know, like I said, I personally, I appreciate that a ton. Um, you know, the sport itself, like as it is, it's whatever, it's a sport. You know, I, I would be lifting weights regardless. There was a, <laughs> dude, I had spent 99.9% .9 of my life lifting weights without getting paid, without a camera on me, nothing like that. You know what I mean? And we, and I was grinding, I enjoyed it. So it's no different now. It's not that that's changed. It's just the experiences change, the opportunities change, the people change. And, that I hundred percent I'm grateful for for sure. I like you were literally on a podcast and you got a poster of you in the background and he's calling himself a nobody. <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> and you float. You've been flown all over the world. Thousands of people have bought tickets. They're in the crowd, drinking, eating, chanting your name, and you're like, I remember seeing you drinking in like a thirsty man. And you gave like you were like addressing them after you hit that third squat. And it was like, um, not to bring that up, sorry, but it was like crazy, <laughs> man. You've experienced where's the gun? so much. You've experienced so much um in your life. It's not normal. Like most people your age have not, all you guys have not experienced anything you guys have experienced. This is not the normal thing to life experience that you guys are, are taking in right now. I don't know what's going to happen for you guys future, but like it, it never fully goes over my head. Just how crazy some of these times, like I stop, I look around like this is crazy. I'm going to board a plane and I'm going to go to the other side of the world and do this. And I'm like, this is crazy. Or Euro sports waiting for me in the booth. And like, okay, Ryan, uh, my name's blah, blah, blah. And here's what we're going to do today. I'm like, millions of people are going to watch this. It's nuts, man. It's crazy. It never fully I always keep it close to me. Here's my next wish. I'm not done my wish list, by the way. So here's my next wish. Gavin Eden cuts to 83 and gives us the showdown that would pack the fucking stadium. Russ versus Gavin in the 83s. Can you guys imagine? Gavin, you got huge star power. Russ got huge star power. Both of you guys are extremely charismatic. Um, I actually think the background story of you, Gavin, saying, Russ, you're the reason why I got in this sport actually helps tell that story. It actually is like uh, it's all a part of it. You flirted with the idea, but if I could do a Christmas wish, Gavin, let's do an 83 and we see what happens. Hey, dog, <laughs> you'd be, you be diced. You'd be <laughs> I'm not, I would be. I would you'd be, be pretty diced, right son. <laughs> You, I'm you, always welcome. I'm always welcome for everyone. Always talks about they want to come to 83, and then like I know, <laughs> I know. 
dude i told i told taylor um we were at iron vault and uh this was before this was like leading up to the first sheffield so it was me delaney taylor we were all like training together i was like yo Delaney's at 83. Russ might come back. I'll cut down to 83. Taylor, just go eat up to 83. We'll just have like a nice, that'll be, that'd be fucking sick. Who wouldn't want to see that? Yeah. You know, that'd be crazy. So, yeah. yeah, I have, I, I do. I do have, oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was, I was just going to add like very fluff stuff. So I, uh, I definitely, I definitely have every intention. I mean, for me, um, you know, I want to be, I obviously I want to win open worlds in 93. I can't, I can't in good faith leave that class until that's been done. Um, but once that's done to me, I want to be a two-way champ, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. So Sheffield is amazing. Sheffield's fun, you know, to compete in. It'd be great to win that, but you know, just given how like the sport is and like last year, how I almost placed first, despite, you know, like that, that stuff, because I was able just to taste it, even if it was just for a second, it just doesn't excite me as much as just being able to go home and just open the door and, and have two belts you know, on either shoulder. Like, that's how I see it, you know? So that I think would be, would mean more to me. Um, so yeah. And also too, because it's possible, like, I feel like, you know, I mean, I don't know, Russ, you definitely don't remember this, but the first time I, I met you was a uh, fucking 2019, the Arnold. I have a picture. I think I sent it to you, Ryan, right? Um, you did. You were sponsored by junk brands. We were in the junk brands booth, right? So this oh. is way before I started powerlifting, but we had a similar frame. And so I was explaining this on like in a YouTube video where somebody was like, I was basically breaking down like, okay, what, it, what would it look like if I went down to 83? To me, it makes sense because I have the frame for it. And I only know I have the frame for it because Russ has the frame for it, you know? So like, I mean, I would imagine, like you look lean almost year round. I don't look lean year round. So I know I have some fluff to cut. Like I have some room. So I do think that it's 100% possible. I don't think that it would be off the table. I think it would be challenging, but I mean, that's why we do what we do. And I also do think that it would be great for the sport, great for the fans. Um, and I think it'd be sick. Idols become rivals. I mean, like that, that's like a thing, you know, that's, that's, I feel like that'd be a fucking, I think it'd be an awesome experience. Um, and I have every intention of doing that. It's just a matter of when, you know, obviously I have my own internal drive. I would love to do extremely well at this Sheffield, win open worlds as a 93 and then just, you know, take my off season to cut. You know, I don't, I don't see anything. I don't, I don't see why that wouldn't be the, the, the trajectory so so that wish might come true man dude i, I mean Santa's lap, baby i got you so, all right well all right here we go here we go again that's the that's the eggnog talking fellas um <laughs> but you know but as training motivated for tomorrow morning i'm gonna be up at like five in the morning and be like this motherfucker thinks he can really pull them send a picture you're gonna see you're gonna see a long ass post for me it's like you know that's right Gavin's like, okay, that last Drake lyric was definitely aimed at me. And there's no question. <laughs> last... And that was offensive. And that was offensive. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but honestly, um you two together are charismatic and when you actually lift, you put on a show. Like when you hit the stage, it isn't enough to do your lift. Thanks, everybody. And then you check out. It's a fucking show. You two head-to-head -head would be insane on that Sheffield platform. He goes, then you go. He goes, then you go. Back and forth like that would be insane to watch um, in terms of viewership. And then both you guys on podcasts leading up to it, the sound bites in terms of the videos. Like, I swear to God, if this were to happen, 
And let's say it happens the way Gavin said. Gavin picks up a world title. So now he's got that on his resume. Um, an open world title. My God, could we sell this? This would be massive. This would be a huge event. Everybody go, it'd be blockbuster nuts. Um, but yeah, and we'll see. And then we'll be seeing tons of shirtless Gavin picks, huh? <laughs> we already do play. You already know that algorithm's going to go crazy, man. You're going to go crazy, man. Your numbers are going to go through the roof, man. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, here's another wish of mine. And you guys can start throwing in some wish lists, like if, if you got some too. I know I'm okay, nah, whenever you good. want. Yeah, 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 when, whenever you like. But here's another one. Gavin Aiden gets his third squad and breaks that fucking world record. No overturn. That's one of my wish lists. Is it? <laughs> is it real? Did I just take it from, from your wish list? I mean, if he's going down to 83, no. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's a 93. Yeah, that's a 93. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But yeah. if, if he's an 83, I hope the jury gets involved in that process right away. <laughs> I don't think they'll have be... an issue. They haven't had an issue with that in the past. So... <laughs> no, okay, so I have, a, I have a question with that because how do you, how do you deal with... Um... Cause you're, you, you utilize the full minute, right? So like whenever you, whenever you squat, you finish up, like you celebrate, do you ever feel like holding back the celebration until you absolutely know the jury is probably doing? now, dude, it's tough, man, because in your, so, you know, there's two sides of you, right? There's like the actor and then there's just the athlete, right? So some stuff you can help some stuff you actually think about doing and Sheffield 100% was instinctual, but worlds I had a second, I paused for a second. I was like, fuck, like, do I really want to do this right now? Because yeah, I'm going to yeah. look like an asshole. And yeah. then I did it. And then I looked like an asshole. So like, it's tough, man. I feel like, I mean, I'm not going to let anybody dim the light. You know, at the end of the day, it's their job to shine brighter. So for me, I'm still going to do my thing. But it definitely goes through my head where I'm like, fuck, like, yeah. like, I almost like, this sounds really fucked up. But like, I almost like want to just like stare at the jury and just like cross my arms, and just wait and be like, all right, let's go, motherfucker. Like, what's the choice? <laughs> you know, you know and then go part on. Of the story. <laughs> it's literally people watching. It's part of your storyline. You are one squad away from possibly being winning the 93s. You are one squad away from a world record. All like every competition. If you hit that third squat, it really would like everybody is going to look over at the jury. If you hit the world record and then you celebrate and then you look over at the jury just pause for a moment almost funny in yeah. the crowd i bet the crowd would pop with you guarantee you if you made it part of it you celebrate with the crowd and the crowd reciprocates because they reciprocated like crazy at sheffield to you gavin um and then you give a pause and kind of look at the jury funny haha tongue and cheek yeah. and everybody's gonna look at the jury and be like and we'll see if yeah. you know you know when that third squad happens, you get it, the record falls, and the jury doesn't overturn. There's gonna be a hole. Is this what does this mean? What's this total gonna be? What's gonna happen now? There's a chip in play, and uh the whole crowd is gonna have a whole nother level of excitement. Yeah. I mean, you know how I like to do it too. Like, I don't really care about like the uh, I don't like to chip like a record, like I'd rather just like find my limit and then try and go just a little bit beyond that. And, you know, so I think for this Sheffield, we'll probably take the world record on the second and then just go up from there. You know, that's you because at it. yeah, dude. And like historically, man, like, look, man, and this is no disrespect to the game. I get it. Some people think there's a science to it. That's fine. But I have drank the Kool-Aid long enough. Plenty of people tell me play conservative, play the game. Like do that. It doesn't fucking work for me, you know? And so I need to play, 
based on how I feel and how confident I am in my own ability. And yeah, that's risky, but there's a reason why, like, look, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But, you know, nobody in this room right now is is everybody. We Each of us are one of one, you know? And so I think you have a, a responsibility to that. And that means taking the risk, you know, betting on yourself. So that's what I plan to do. I definitely think that this time around, I already told John, my coach, I was like, look, man, I don't even need the coaching call before. I don't want to know what numbers you think I should hit. This is, <laughs> I'm just going to go with and what you I see, think. Playboy. I'm not even flying you in. <laughs> I ain't playing. Yeah, I told I mean, SBD it, put that money in my pocket. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't yeah, flying yeah, you yeah. in. Yeah, but it, I it, already know, got the number six months out. It, it's <laughs> tough, man. It's it's tough because you know these are these are high stakes meets. Uh, we we put a lot into this, and there's a lot riding on this. There are other mouths that need to be fed as well, you know. So it's not just me. I have we have teams, you know. We have coaches. I have a nutrition coach. I have. So everybody wants to win, but. Um, but yeah, I think for me, for this time, dude, I can't, I have nothing to lose. You know, that's always been my mindset. I have nothing to lose. So, um, to me, I think we'll probably, and I, I'm so used to bigger jumps too. So we'll probably like open around like that 675 ish range again and just jump straight to the 731, whatever it is. And then just go like 750 or 745, whatever we have. You know what that is? What is that? You know what, what is that, that is? You know what that is, Nick? Burning your fucking house down, Playboy. <laughs> it's either burn your ships or burn your house. Burn it, it all. It depends maybe. how that call goes. And then when we go to three, we burn down. the fat. That's how. Yeah, I was gonna say he's gonna have to burn some fat first, and then get the eighty. Can you imagine? That's his new hashtag: is burn the fat. And it's like, what the fuck? He's we got sponsorships and shit. It's like, all right, well, we went corporate. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I got, I got. Uh, here's another one I got, and then we'll get. I'm gonna ask you fellas if you got some wish list too, but. One of them on my wish list, and this is other 83s. Other 83s can, I hope, also, like there's other 83s that coming through the U.S. This has got nothing to do with Delaney or nothing, but I hope Russ qualifies for Sheffield in the World Games. Whether or not Delaney does or whatever, if Delaney hears it, he's like, hey, what the shit, man? Are you wishing that I don't make it? <laughs> no, no dog. Let's say there's two 83s or whatever, but either way, um, I think having you there, Russ, would be huge at both events. Sheffield and World Games would be freaking crazy, man. And your ability to capitalize on those events, oh, you yeah. showing up, content creation, everything. Yeah. You I feel like, yeah, man, I miss the Sheffield boat. I miss the Sheffield boat. I, I wish I was there. Because I feel like, uh, I mean, we talked about it on my podcast, but I feel like uh, there is like... Gavin and then Jesus, maybe, maybe those two lifters did a really good job of utilizing the full. Because to me, um, I've spoken about I've spoken about this before. Powerlifting, you prep, you do all the hard work for the eight weeks leading up to a meet. When you're on the platform, to me, that's showtime. So showtime, obviously, it obviously means performing, but also putting on a show. You have a minute until you could complete the lift. Why not utilize that full minute to keep the crowd engaged? So when I saw that at the Sheffield, I'm like, man, I would have fucking, I would have ate that shit up. Like in my last uh, Worlds performance, um, I tried to make it more of a show, but the 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 culture was like a little bit different at the time. Um, it was a COVID, it was, it was COVID Worlds where it was like yeah, minimum COVID capacity. Had to, yeah, I yeah, had to get them lit a little bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm just excited about just what um, I could do to push the sport forward because I know that there's certain things that I can connect with um, with the masses that would be like, damn, like who is that guy? Like, why is he... 
that motherfucker's wearing Jordans on the platform and like he has like all this type of shit and he's like making like cultural rele uh culturally relevant um gestures as he's competing like this is crazy you know so i i know that you know if i do get the opportunity to represent myself and represent um powerlifting at the world games in sheffield that'd be great you guys think that's we're gonna see more and more of this like what gavin was at sheffield and what you were thinking to yourself what you would do at sheffield mm -hmm. sheffield really brought up sheffield was a point where people could show some a little more character a little yeah. more you know, yeah like details about themselves show a little more oomph to themselves and use up that minute when they're on there. And mm. I think Sheffield, I don't know, Gavin, maybe you could speak to, did Sheffield just bring it out of you because there was 2000 people watching and they were so flipping rambunctious. Like, what was it? Because it carried over a little bit to worlds. Then you had people like Penna who walked onto the platform at worlds. And he was like, he, he had like pep in his step. He wasn't like you guys in terms of addressing the crowd, but he definitely had an aura about him as well. What's going on here right now? Are people just yeah. coming out of their shells or what? Yeah, so I, I definitely do feel like a lot of it for me was instinctual. You know, you're you it's just kind of how I, I grew up. I was very lucky to be in sports from a young age. And, you know, whether it be football, wrestling, um, like it, you're just always around that and that energy. But I think, too, like you kind of step into it. Like that crowd, it energizes you just as much as you energize them. There, It's a conversation. It's not like this one-way street. So I've, dude, I've walked onto the platform at Worlds and I can't maintain that energy. It's very difficult. I have to fight to keep that energy because you don't get that from the crowd. There is no energy Even the from, last from the people at Worlds, you know? Even 2023? The, well, Last Worlds was better. Last Worlds was definitely, yeah, Last Worlds was definitely better. Um, I heard some people chanting uh, from France, burn your ships, burn your ships on every attempt, and I really appreciated that. that was awesome. <laughs> oh, but, come on um, now. That's love, man. Dude, it was it was sick. It was sick. But um, but yeah, it, it's, I think the, ener the, the energy comes from the crowd. The energy comes from you. And I think if you just, uh, I think what's something that a lot of athletes will slowly start to learn is as they get more comfortable with themselves, and this sounds really weird but like you gotta you can't give a fuck like you can no longer care what other people think you have to recognize like i am i'm just different in that moment i am built different i am better like period and that's it that has to be the mindset because if you think anything less than that you're going to be afraid to be your full self and i think when we see people you when you watch these videos you're like oh my like even like keiko right like he had that moment where i was coming off after that last deadlift and he just looked sick that's him like that's who he is that was his energy he was just being his him full his full self. He wasn't acting, you know, it was nothing to pretend. That's why you felt that. So I think you have to have the confidence to to allow yourself to embrace that. And that only happens if you you know, you just have to like almost you have to accept it. You know, you have to like be absorbed by it. But the the crowd 100% feeds it, bro. Like when you have 5,000 people in front of you, how can you not be energized, you know? So what do you think, Nick? Cuz we've talked about this before about like some of these, some of them you like, some of them you didn't like. You weren't a fan of Delaney's dancing. Um, but in, in whether or not you liked dancing, at least he showed some flavor, stuck out his shoes. He has shoes specifically made for events. We're seeing more and more personality from people anyways. What do you think? Can it be, do you think some people might end up going too much? Do you think there'll be too many people trying to be Russ or Gavin? I do think that like characters and personalities push the sport. 
um, that's why people will follow ultimately. Like people will watch the classes that they want to watch due to the people within them. I think that maybe overemphasizing the nine minutes you have on the platform might be stretching it thin. Um, I do think that like Sheffield started to get like the right idea where you had that sort of like, um, you had that camera that sort of panned into the like the hole, if you will, like that little staging area right outside of the the platform. Then you start to say maybe a bit more like athlete personality. I think that the step forward should be to, and th this might get a little hectic. Um, it's happened. It kind of happened at like this world's where there were issues with the individual cameramen in the warm up room. But I do think that having cameras in the warm up room and trying to catalog more of that and showcase more of the athlete personality throughout the meet, as opposed to just the nine minutes plus their lifting that everyone gets might do better for pushing that sort of characterization within a meet. Um, you'll probably have to structure the warm up room in a way that the cameras and athletes don't interfere. But, um, you know, like Delaney's dancing, for example, that happened right in front of me in the warm up room. Um, you know, if there was probably like a, a good cameraman there, he probably could have captured Delaney's little jig, panned over to oh, me, shit. just looking just absolutely demoralized because I know that uh, I can't believe he's beating me right now. I can't believe he's, he's doing he's this. Literally styling he's doing this me. little dance and he's way ahead of me. And I'm just like, ah, oh, this, yeah, yeah, God damn it. this hurts. <laughs> like, I hope he starts missing lifts so I, I don't have to deal with this anymore. Um, and yeah, that'd be great. But as is you only do get to see what's on stage for those nine minutes and you do have some guys that are either natural showmen or they'll lean more into it but at the end of the day you get nine minutes and most of those minutes are spent lifting a lot of these guys are just going to be a bit more professional about it you know if they're really in the zone they're not even thinking about putting on a show they're just lifting right so mm. if we want to you know push that showmanship aspect we got to take it outside of just the platform i think it's not a bad idea Russ has talked about this show, show footage of people like not everybody, but certain people entering the building, entering whatever show, like stuff like, like other sports do. And it creates hype. Like when I'm watching a boxing match or UFC, they always show certain people when so-and-so just arrived. So-and-so just entered the building and they show it. You're thinking like, well, who gives a shit? But you do. When you're watching the event, like again, you know, whoever John Jones just entered the building and shows them entering the building. Or John yeah. Jones is now in the warm-up room. And to your point, it shows him warming up in the warm-up room. You're like, whoa, we're getting close to the main event. Like when, when it's the B group and you're going through the B group at Worlds, every now and then you cut and show there's Russell Orhe warming up for squats. This is a return for Russell Orhe. First appearance yeah. since 2021 for Russ. A lot of And I start talking like that. And you see Russ warming up. It's like, holy shit, he's back. It just builds to your point. So when he does come onto the platform, and Russ does his thing with that minute, it's even more. It's bigger. Yeah, like um, I think with, with me and Ina even, right? Like we had that head-to-head -head deadlift battle. We were deadlifting like platform to platform, like looking at each other. And we almost, I think we had the exact wild. same warm-ups, right? Maybe wild. it was like a 5, 10 kilo difference. And I just remember like, I got to pull this faster than him. I know he's watching me. I'm watching him. So it's like, <laughs> I got to, I got to like, Pull this faster. And I remember I pulled 310 and I looked at uh my my coach. I looked at uh Graham and I was like, mine was faster. He was like, ah. <laughs> I wasn't watching. I was like, no, mine, mine was faster. You know, pulled me. But I mean, it was like, you know, it was that little play. And that'd be a nice way to hype up. Like deadlifts are coming up. These are the two guys that are going to be vying for, for first on the deadlift, right? Like 
let's see how their warm-ups are going. And it was just one after the other. Because also, it's such a short flight that it was pretty much like, I do a deadlift, he does a deadlift. I do a deadlift, he does a deadlift. It, you know, that would have been, I think, fun to showcase. I don't think there's any footage of it. I think it's gone. This kind yeah. of ties into something on my wish list. It's just like more, more emphasis, which they were doing a really good job like in 2022, but more emphasis on media. Uh, and that that's like all aspects, like commentators, um, video, um, and me just like showcasing like different elements of powerlifting meets. I think like one of the big things that like I thought was pretty uh, subpar was the commentating. Um, not not you, I, but <laughs> I was like, not... God damn, man. <laughs> <laughs> On my wish list, kick oh, Ryan out. Fuck. We don't need him anymore. <laughs> We're done. Dude, that was... I... So... No, no was you're literally the gold... no, you're the gold standard. What I mean is that like on. Like get people that give a fuck, man, or at least have people have some like that that have like some type of media training or something, or like maybe people, yeah, people that just give a fuck because there are certain meets that I was listening to, and I'm like, man, bro, if I was like a casual or someone that like I'm watching to support a friend, I would turn this shit the fuck off, man, respectfully. Because mm. like I think Ryan, your superpower for me whenever I listen to you commentate is like you sound like a professional ass commentator like thank you sir yeah you watch ufc and you watch other sporting events like you sound like them you sound like you legitimize the sport and that helps with like casuals because when a casual is watching you're like you're listening you're like oh this this guy cares about this shit but you also have a way of like communicating what's going on to like an average day person whereas like a lot of these commentators now they're some of them are like lifters um that are very cerebral and it's not like a bad thing but it is a bad thing whenever you're trying to like tell with the masses what's going on it's like oh he has you know squat shoes and he's going on a third attempt that's 350 kilos and they don't even say like how many pounds that is or anything like that why he's wearing like it's just really tough sometimes so i think mm. my wish list is con is the continuation of the growth of the media in the sport and then the commentators as well how about how about you nick you said you had a, a couple more on yours okay i i did try to fill out your little forum at like 2 a.m. So I don't know how much <laughs> I trust all of this. Uh, on my wish list was, I do hope that Article 14 gets dissolved by you know oh, yeah. any means necessary. If that means we need to change up all the leadership at the top or whatever, uh, as long as Article 14 gets dissolved, I think that powerlifting will have a, a brighter future. And I'm probably going to get banned from the IPF for just saying that. <laughs> um, I, I, gotta, I think that, yeah. I've been wishing that for a long time, man. And there's a lot of people that want it gone too. It's got to it, be on its it, last leg. It gives us nothing. It serves us no benefit. It's terrible. I mean, Joey has to sit there in the stands with a fucking whiteboard screaming uh, what to do. And Gaston just looks right beside him and just goes, this is fine. This is normal. Like it doesn't, it's not, it's not fine. This sucks. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see with that one. You got another yeah, one, sir? Oh, uh, yeah. The the other one on my wish list. And I know these two will disagree with it. They're very like iron sharpens iron. I've talked with you about it before. I'm more of a rat in the sport. I hope all the 83s have just a terrible year. <laughs> I just hope that everyone either, you know, uh, doesn't make <laughs> weight, has bad meets. I don't want to say get injured. That might be too far, but, you know, I just hope I have the, I hope I have the best year of all the 83s. I hope... Russ, I'll respect to you. I hope you come back and just like something happens. Your My flight gets delayed. 
I don't care. <laughs> Would it hurt you to pull a hammy? I need this. Yeah. I need this, man. I'll go. But, uh, uh, I'll bomb it on squats. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> that's, what that saying, that's what people are saying, That's what people are saying. Yeah, I'll bomb it on squats. Yeah. How about you, thinking... Gavin? You... Okay, go no, ahead, Russ. No, 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 you got it. You got it. You got it. You, you got you got any wishes there, sir? Christmas wishes? Yeah, I got three main ones and then one one subtle one. So the I would say the number one thing on my wish list, which I'm kind of trying to work on right now, I'm trying to see who I know, uh, is I would love for Netflix to pick up a documentary series like Pumping Iron was back in the day with bodybuilding, but mm. with like the rising stars, you know, like whatever, our top power lifters. Um Intested, I think that would be fucking sick. I think that would definitely help put us on the map. Um, I would love the second thing would be Sheffield at the Garden. I think Sheffield's got to be at Madison Square Garden. Um, I think that would be sick. And then powerlifting in the Olympics. Oh, Those damn, are the man, why, why didn't I say that? But some people don't want that. Some people have said that they prefer it wasn't in the Olympics. I'm why? full on put it in the Olympics. Yeah, I don't know. Some people are like have said. I don't. I don't know. Is, is every, everyone the same, here like, is like the same like tested guys though, right? That are like no, 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 no. should never be in the Olympics. There is someone that remained nameless. He said that shit, and I was like, man, get man. I don't get it. I want in the Olympics. Yeah, Put it I, don't, I don't understand. Hey, you know what? We we've talked about. I've talked about this before. I was actually shocked to figure out there's some people that don't want the sport to grow. They legit want it to stay just the way it is and like not experience any type of other growth. They want it just. <laughs> Actually, they want it to be smaller. They think that it's getting too big. So I want regression. Yeah, no, seriously, they do. Because Fuck the Olympics, I want backyard meets. Exactly. They're they're the type of people. It's like, oh, we don't want new lifters coming in. We don't want people like kind of. I guess uh, they have like this purist mentality where like anything new is destroying the uh, sport. So there's people like that for sure. Be fair. The IPF just passed a rule saying you can't be drunk anymore in the warm up room. That never would have happened if we stayed small. <laughs> so that that is a real. Rule? I mean, I guess it could be. It's because the it's because the Polish team was drunk. You no, know why? Because the fucking untested lifters were uh, taking shots before they they you know doing some. Yeah, but no one's gonna stop them from doing that. They're doing lines of coke. <laughs> That's back true. There. They probably <laughs> that... saw that shit. They're like, yeah, we need to make sure that shit doesn't come across uh, over here. <laughs> right, right. No shit. Yeah, for sure. The Olympics, man. I can only see positives out of that, and you could still have money meets in the whole night. Like boxings in the Olympics and boxing has massive pay-per-views. Like it doesn't one doesn't mean the other door just closes. Capitalize, man. So many more eyeballs and everything that's gonna be happening and just work what you can off of it. There's I don't know. Some people just yeah, they 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 just are afraid of progress. Or maybe they get pushed out. Maybe who knows? I had another yeah. wish thing, but like I I can't remember the numbers that People are saying, hey, Zeus cannot hit. Just be like impossible, but I want him to do that. Well, he has, there's Jesus and you know what? I was going to do this for the look at at 2024. I'll put a pin in oh. that, but there's some Jesus numbers I get into. And okay. the Jesus question and all around that, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into that bad boy in the next episode. But um, any more, any more on the wish list, gentlemen, the holiday miracles, they, they happen. I, hold your peace. I will add, I think you may have mentioned this already. I have like an add on to it about Taylor coming back. I texted Taylor. Uh, we had a brief conversation recently 
Um, and I was like, listen, man, I'm rooting for you. The thing is this, this is your opportunity. There is no better opportunity for you to remind the world what the Atwood name means than now, because now you're back to the bottom, hypothetically. And who are you meeting at nationals? The one guy who's supposed to be better than you, who everybody thinks is better than you. So you have an opportunity here to remind everyone who you are, right? And so my wish, I don't want either, I don't care who wins. I don't want either one of them to win over the other. Personally, I just want to see the best man win. But I do wish that he is in full form. I hope that Perk is in full form. And I hope that the meet runs smoothly and like everything goes well as it should. So that they both, but they both have a great opportunity at being great. That's what that's, that was definitely uh, like that subtle fourth on my wish list for sure. Yeah, I don't want Taylor to go out like it was Worlds. Yeah. Let's let's see let's see them clash. Let's see them for really real clash. And his old nemesis, Becklin, is back from Norway. Freaking eight, hit eight hundred kilos at Euros, and um, Backlund was Taylor's Brett Gibbs at that point. They were one and one at the World Championships and like rivals. And then Backlund got crazy injuries, went into equipment, won a world title, a couple world titles there, came back. And uh, yeah, and now he's back. He was Taylor's Brett and everybody forgot about him. And then he came back into classic and just hit 800 kilos, won the European championships, best Euros lifter. And everyone's like, who is some people are like, who is this new guy from Europe? Uh, I'm like, dog, he, he's a 36 year old man. Yeah, I was <laughs> he's been around. No, no, he's, he's, he's back. He's not just arrived. Like he's uh It'll be interesting to see what he could do because um, he's in the 800s as a 74 and he's he brings a huge resume. So let's see what Beckland does as well. It's kind of cool that he's back. If him and Taylor can like reignite some kind of rivalry, but Taylor's got rivals coming out of fucking everywhere now, man. Callie, Tim, Perk, Beckland. Taylor's like, all right, gentlemen, relax. Went from like Taylor to everyone else to like freaking everyone else is all up here. Um, she changes fast. How about let's do our naughty list? Let's do a little let's do a little naughty list, gentlemen. Um, off the top, I'll give a naughty list. Uh, I'll put um, Nick Manders, the bad boy of powerlifting, <laughs> on my naughty list. Nick hops on it, and I love. It. I'm here I can't for believe it. this. Nick Nick comes on to the podcast. My man drops sound bites. Um, people are crazy excited, and then when he returned again, I don't know if you've seen the memes. Are like he's back. He's back, everybody. Like it was like a Godzilla gif or whatever. Um, but yeah, man, Nick, I appreciate you coming on here, dude, and uh, and coming on to the holiday special and uh, being you were like when you come on the podcast, people expect like you're like the bad boy of the episodes now. And, and what do I get for it? I get put on the naughty list. Now I'm getting coal for Christmas. Yeah, just just on this. the no that's right. Just this just is an just insane cold. betrayal. <laughs> Up next on my naughty list, I'll put um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Russell Orhi on my naughty list, um, for uh for roughing up be, being rough with uh Brandon Petrie and booty clapping <laughs> those kilos after deadlifts, um, <laughs> with the we he got we got in hot water in the beginning of the year everything's all fine now but he goes on my naughty list and he booty clapped those deadlift kilos man and I was like God damn. Wait, what does that um, so, mean? 
He slapped him. You should have seen it. Everybody could, dude. It was fire. It was fire though when people are gonna start doing it. But he freaking. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, you are, Nick. Nick, you should I just, do it for sure. I just kick the plates and then injure myself but, for weeks. Well, you know it's so fun. I do that a lot though. I just never thought to include it in the video. I slapped it like on squat. Like I'll slap the. I don't. I just get mad. Right. It's like an it's disrespectful. Spot, like, I would just slap the spot. I want to break my hand. <laughs> it was mad disrespectful to those kilos. They, it was the way the you handled ref. them. <laughs> the way you handled them was this, and I'm here for it. And I love when you disrespect those weights. Let me tell you something. Um, and uh, and also on my naughty list, Gavin Eden for going chest to chest with the goat at Sheffield. And <laughs> that was uh, in an event. Uh, and that's another podcast that blew up, man. Um, all of these were all like endless podcast focused, I guess. But um, yeah, so you three went on my naughty list, and that was, that was my three calls. But uh, yeah, what do you guys got? You guys got a naughty list? Uh, I mean, I got a naughty list, but I don't... the situation is done. But I just feel like that situation with the whole video and all that stuff. I was kind of um, not that like you have to stand up for other people, but I just feel as though. It split the Kapowitz community in like an ugly way, in my opinion. Like to me, that was like just a a weird situation. Um, what I didn't like the fallout from that is how there was like literal like commentators that were like being extremely biased, right? And I think that with commentating, you have to have some type of professionalism with, that comes with that. So I feel like anyone that that was supposed to be viewed at a professional level that kind of fed into that, I would say would be on the naughty list. I mean, um, who else? Oh, uh, now that's like more personal, but I don't want to, there's another one. You know what? I'll say uh, lifters that talk shit and can't back it up. You finna be, you're on my naughty list because I don't, I feel like fucking big ass list, man. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people that like talk a lot. And then when it's time to back it up, you don't back it up. And uh, it's getting annoying. It's getting very annoying. I get myself amped up for certain shit. And when it doesn't happen, I'm like, man, what the hell? Like, got myself amped up for no reason. I almost feel embarrassed for getting amped up at that point. So you're on my personal naughty list for doing shit like that. And then who else? What else? What else be on my naughty list? I was going to say, tr like, trolls. But, like, you need trolls. I actually don't. I don't mind, like, memes and stuff. Because I feel like that's just a. Uh, it's a sign that like we're getting to a point where like we're worthy of memes now. You know what I mean? So we're a I culture. Think, yeah, it's like part of the culture. So like I, I don't I don't really trip off of that. But I think those are my only two or three naughty people on my naughty list. Things. If more if more come to you, you could jump in. You know what's funny? I remember the first meme I seen about powerlifting, Jessica Bittner was front squatting something crazy. And Jessica shared it saying, Holy shit, I got memed. And this was like because she had never seen a meme before powerlifting related. <laughs> Eventually, I mean, now it's like happens all the time and we have meme yeah. pages. But before that, at one point on the Internet, I remember the first time I we started seeing memes like, oh, this is a meme. And like, mm -hmm. oh, they're always ironic and satirical or whatever. And I remember the very first time I saw a meme that was powerlifting related. Somebody made a meme and Jessica shared as like, Holy shit, I got memed. And now it happens like all the time and it's like whatever. But to your point, you're big enough and you're only going to get memed if you're relevant. If you're irrelevant, no one gives a shit. 
But if you reach a certain nor- amount of relevancy, you're going to get memed. That is the way it works, period, all over the place now. It's all yeah. part of it. Um, so, yeah, you just you don't want to watch them all the time and shit like that. Oh, yeah. But at the yeah. same time, in a weird way, if you stop getting memed, it's like, oh, shit, what does this mean? Like, oh, <laughs> Wait, <gosh. laughs> It's like a weird love-hate situation. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I told Taylor, I had a conversation with Taylor and I told him something around the same way. I go, dude, if people take shots at you, this is on the podcast. I was like, if people are taking shots at you, remember it's because of you are who you are. If you were a nobody, nobody would bother but because you've been around and done everything you've done. You're relevant. So you, they will. Uh, it's all part of it, man. And at least you, it's still people talking no matter what. You know, Nick. I would never talk poorly on anyone. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Come on. What, what do you What do you got on your naughty list there, Nick? I, I want Gavin to go first because I feel like uh, okay, Gavin. Russ, and, Russ and Gavin both have like reputations to uphold. Um, I feel like their naughty lists are going to be a bit more, you know, marketable and friendly. Uh, I'm I'm safe up here in Canada, so I can just say whatever I want. But I'll let Gavin go first, <laughs> yes. so we can have like a nice a nice pathway going through that. All right, uh, Gavin, what's your naughty list, Playboy? Uh, IPF jury for sure is on that fucking. <laughs> um, people, I you know, and this is. I don't want to, I have to, I have to keep it consistent because I think they got rid of the rules. So like, I don't even know if I can put this on the list, but anybody who's going to protest another lifters lift that they got to be on. (laughs) (laughs) What else? What else? (laughs) Those dogs aren't sleeping yet. (laughs) (laughs) Bro. I I don't have like personal beefs. Cause I, I honestly, man, like I don't think about my competition. Like I don't think about people in the sport like that. So like there are people that have beef with me that like I'll hear through the grapevine and I'm like, dude, I don't even, how is that possible? Like, I don't even know, you know, but, um, if I, I don't know if I could pick out anybody in particular, I really just, a lot of my energy gets directed towards the jury, honestly. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, I feel like it's a slippery slope too, because in powerlifting, like, I feel like a lot of people, I don't know if Nick would agree with this, but I feel like a lot of people will talk a lot. But then when it comes to the competitive side, like they won't, they won't keep that same energy, if that makes sense. It's very easy to like online say what you want to say. But then I think when you're in the warm up rooms or when you see each other in person, like everything, it's almost like nothing happened online, you know? And that's strange mm. to me. That feels very weird. So like, I don't, you know, it's, I don't know, it's strange. So I don't know if I really have any like personal beefs, but yeah, definitely the protesting and the, the jury is definitely the top two on the list. That's still pretty docile though. I feel like that's not too bad. I feel like a lot of lifters too, like they're socially weird. So like, you know, they feel confident on social media, but in person they will not even look your way. I I had that happen uh, today, not to me personally, but like someone had a problem with someone else. I was like, pull up on them. I'll, I'll do it for you. What the fuck? He's right there, bro. <laughs> so it's not like I'm finna fight nobody, but it's like, yo, I want to see, I want to look in your eyes and see if you have that same energy. Some people don't, so it's like, why are you talking on social media? It's a yeah. that's kind of like a sign of times with social media, um, because it's impersonal, right? It's kind of whatever. But on the flip side, like, yeah, it's um, it can be awkward if you see someone 
face to face with they've been like super duper shitty to you and you're like uh but it it's not like you need a chest to chest moment but you also are like man you can't pretend like friends now or something like well, <laughs> let's not pretend let, let's not pretend there was nothing we could just be like you know whatever i do my thing you do yours but yeah it's awkward it makes things awkward especially if people go like way far like a like a campaign on you and then it's like damn man we're gonna see each other at some point like yeah. you know like you were making it really hard flavor i might call you with... slim shady you know it's scary i, I just said with... <laughs> hey man i'll see you when i see you <laughs> so what, what you got nick i think i got a feeling i got a feeling you're about to set yourself up for some awkward I, moments i feel yeah week. i feel bad now and i feel like uh i'm gonna say <laughs> all this the, it, i'm gonna say all this you're tired <laughs> i'm gonna go to lithuania i'm gonna somehow make it on the world steam and i'm gonna have to hide in my hotel room the entire time <laughs> well okay i I thought that everyone had a pretty clean slate this year. I kind of had to stretch it, but I did want to actually have a naughty list. Um, I didn't want to just pick groups of people. Um, so I, I guess I'm going to get canceled today. That's okay. Um, my, num my number one is Bonica Brown. I'm not forgetting what it. she did. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it, dog. It's Bonica, yeah. by the way. Be careful, dog. You're, you're, you're double dipping I, on this. And she's I, coming I've, I've triple dipped at this point. We're, yeah. we're just going to keep going with it. Um <laughs> My number two was actually uh, Jell Backlund. I thought he had incredible meat. And then when I did, you know, kind of call him out on saying that he was the best male in the IPF, he did DM me and doubled down on it. We had a bit of a disagreement. Um, that's okay. I don't think that it was that bad, but. First, remind people, uh, Bonica, the reason why she's on your list, um, like super brief, just in case people miss that. Uh, Bonica was in contention for first at Worlds. Um, she had an unlucky streak on deadlifts, bombed out. And during the medal ceremony, as they walked out, she remained on her phone the entire time while other people were called up to the podium and posted on social media on Instagram uh, talking about how she didn't want to be there and how it was bullshit and yada yada um, mid-ceremony. I think that like it was a... It, it was just the optics of the time. I mean, you could just wait like 10 minutes and just... Do it after the ceremony, but you know, what's done your is teammate done. Who, it's your teammate who won. Friggin', uh, did you know Shell yeah. was actually, it is your teammate who won, yeah, which yeah. makes worse. Did you know mm. Shell is actually her coach? I'm really triple dipping, double dipping. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Whatever happens, happens at this point. <laughs> what, 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 what did you say again about, um, don't remember, I seen your story, but now I don't fully remember. You guys ended up talking to DMs. Like, what did you say again? About gel? Okay, so he had technically the highest GL points ever done at an IPF meet. Um, and then I think he used the cool. verbiage like best IPF male. Um, the issue with that was just that like there were done in an IPF, uh, like not international meets, but I think they were all USAPL meets back when the USAPL was an IPF affiliate. He was like sixth place. And I was just kind of like, it's a correct statement. It's just a weird statement. And he proceeded to, you know, go into my DMs. We had a little back and forth. And I was just like, look, agreed to disagree. So that's my personal list, whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, look at well, I will say with the whole um, I wasn't really familiar with the whole uh Bonica thing. That's how you say your name, right? It's Bonica. Bo I mean, unless Bo you want to be on my side. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I want, I want to he, Nick was calling her Bomica. After she bombed, he was really stirring the pot when he came home before. But anyway, 
I'll smile at that one. Um, so with that, I've always had this take of like, I don't care how someone loses. I don't, I'm not like big into losing with grace or whatever. Um, I think if you show, show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. That's, that's always been my opinion. So I don't really care how someone, if, if like you have a bad attitude while you lose, I ain't going to hold that against you. Like she's won for so long. She, she lost. Um, she's going to have like an ugly reaction to it. I'm not going to trip too much about it. I just wanted to kind of just, you know, cause I remember like, yeah, who it was like Cam Newton, whenever he lost the Super Bowl, he had like a shitty reaction. I was like, I mean, shit, bro. I would, I would have a shitty reaction too. If I just fucking lost the biggest meat of my life. Like, I, I mean, me personally, I would be a little bit more like, you know, I'd shake your hand or whatever, but at the same time too, if like someone has a shitty reaction to losing it, man, I get it. Put it this way. Um, you can open yourself up to commentary on it. That's mm-hmm. fair game because you, you do it in public. You say it in public. You, you, you purposely post things referring to it. People are allowed to commentary on it as well. But on the flip side, well, like Nick did and, and that, like, obviously I was Nick's teammate as well. So it's like a, it's a, a different level too. But then on the flip side, um, like Nick said, you know, a couple seconds ago, it is what it like. It's in the past. Now we're not, we don't necessarily hold into that well, person at a bad moment. It's not like, yeah. okay, from here on out. You know, it, it's, it's a year in it's review. Like, it's not like anyone. Actually yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's, that's exactly it. I just exactly. thought the conversation was interesting because it's like, uh, yeah, people are always like, oh, did you see what they do when they lost? I'm like, who, like they lost. Who cares? It, 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 like, exactly, man. I, I got no idea. I think like I've met Bonica a cabillion times at tons of world championships. And she was nothing but nice to me and nice all around. Had a bad moment for sure. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. It is a year. In, look, at I put you guys on my naughty list. They ain't taking that seriously. You know what I mean? We're, we we get past it. <laughs> it ain't that bad. Um, who else? Is that is everyone on your naughty list, Nick? Um, I have I have Russ's landlord here because they won't let him renew the lease. <laughs> put, put that fucking uh, guy on, on the naughty list, man. This is no, he's. He's actually a he's not the great I mean shit, man. I don't know him personally. He just not he's not the, I'm seriously like I I really don't like shitting on people. I mean well, grand as much, but he he's consistently just not a good human being. Not to me, not just to me, but like to like all like he's a bad landlord. And uh yeah. So I don't I'm not, I don't even trip too much off it because I'm like, well, I don't I don't own the building. It's his building. He's telling me mm. to get the phone. He's telling me that he doesn't want to renew the lease that comes up in the next week. So can't do nothing about that. It is what it is. You'll bounce back. You're a young dude. You freaking, I got a feeling your 2024 is going to be pretty big and your 2025 is going to be huge too. But, uh, so let's see what the hell happens, but yeah. Okay. Zed, um, I got like two more spots. I thought, um, yeah. Powerlifting America for unfollowing all their juniors. I can't believe they did that. (laughs) That was so mean of them. That was fucked up. So, <laughs> shout out to they, they're, yeah, they're going on my, they're going on my naughty list. How could they? I can't believe they did that. Uh, and then Liam Newell. I don't know if he did anything. I just feel like he should be there. Who's that? I don't know if he did. Ah. Dude, that's another guy you've gone back and forth with quite a bit. Yeah, he should just be there. You guys, what what, what was it? Was it like a? Because he's got a big deadlift, and he was saying if he came to the IPF or something like that, or I can't. Yeah, I mean, 
to say shit like that. It, look, it's it's way funnier to say he should be there. Yeah, he just says every year. All right, year we'll that, leave like, it at that. Yeah, he just we'll says every that. year, I could do that. I'm going to do it. He hasn't. Generally you know? speaking, I don't even know who that is, but generally speaking, whenever people say shit like that, I'm like, either just either do it or shut up. Who cares? Like, got to do it. I, I hope he yeah. does it this year or next year as well. I want him to triple dip, double down, keep going, keep yeah, doing it. He, uh, he competes in the USAPL or? I think WRPF. <laughs> Ross is like, well, we really got much of a conversation here, do we now? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's my naughty what we... list. That's what I could come up with at 2 a.m. Next topic. Fair man. enough, man. Fair enough. All right, <laughs> fellas. For the Christmas special, um, what are your guys' favorite Christmas movies? I have an interesting take because it's not necessarily a Christmas movie, but it's something that is best watched during the holiday season. So it's Harry Potter for me. I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd. Like no shit. I know everything there is to know about Harry Potter. I have wands here. I know spells. So <laughs> I know spells. That's why you keep winning, man. Something going on here. Something going on here. So uh, for me, like whenever it's like uh, it's actually about that time of the year where I'm gonna start just binge watching Harry Potter movies. Um, I usually take a Harry Potter quiz to keep myself sharp. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, Harry Potter for me is like is my personal favorite holiday series or movies. Sweet, yeah. You know what? You can interject any movie that you like to watch over the holidays. Gavin, you haven't talked in a little bit. What's your favorite? Uh, you know, I don't know. I just recently watched uh, Polar Express again, and uh, that that was pretty good. That was okay. I like the That's message. Yeah, yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. It's America's dad. Yeah, it it was good. Um, last year, I think for the holiday special, I said Die Hard, right? But I think I don't know, man. I I'm with Russ. I really love the Harry Potter series. I also love Lord of the Rings and stuff, and so that whole genre. But I I can't I can't say Lord of the Rings. That's just cheesy. So I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to go with Elf. Dog, you jumped around uh, three different movie packs, man. <laughs> <laughs> you ended up nowhere near I thought we were <laughs> You ended up... <laughs> that was like a, a stream of conscious thought. That was... <laughs> you came unprepared is what you're trying to say. You did not be... <laughs> my dog ate my homework, bro. <laughs> That's right. Elf was a solid movie. I'm not going to lie. Um that made my list too. Will Ferrell in his prime, man. Alpha's good. What are you thinking there, Nick? I I don't. I feel like Ebenezer Scrooge. I don't watch a lot of Christmas movies. Um, I'm just gonna have to put in my favorite movie, uh, which is Grand Budapest Hotel. It's got a lot of snow in it, so I feel like it's Christmas themed. You know. Uh, what is that movie about? The Grand Budapest Hotel. It's what, about the hotel. Uh, it's a Wes Anderson a movie. Too. Um. I think one of the few, I think it was like one of the initial times that me and Adam uh, decided we didn't hate each other was he said it was his favorite movie. And I said, it's my favorite movie. Um, it's a Wes hey, Anderson film. I, I would do that. It's, it's great. I love it. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely Christmas time appropriate. It takes place during winter. So it's, it can't get good better enough. than that. Exactly. Well, home Alone's another good one. Ooh, home Alone, no, home, alone good. home Alone is a classic too. Home Alone is another one that that I could pop on. I don't know if you guys. This might like be before you guys' time. Uh, 
I love Bill Murray in Scrooged. Have you guys seen oh, that? Uh, I think so. Man, it's probably it's been so long. I've probably only seen it like once or twice. It is amazing. This is prime time Bill Murray at his finest. Um, Bill Murray Scrooge, and I also like. So, uh, like, I love that Scrooge tale, but A Christmas Carol animated with Jim Carrey. And it depends on your palette if you like that kind of animation. But it's got Jim Carrey, who's like amazing. And it's, it's again, it's about the Scrooge story. But those two movies, and I had Elf on there, Will Ferrell. But, um, and I don't know if you guys get down with like Krampus and that kind of shit. The evil Santa that actually like is a, goes out and like kills people and stuff but there is a lot of different movies like that and what? some of them are like cheesy good you put it on because it's cheesy good but oh yeah dog there is like Krampus I'm not even saying it right he comes from like they, the Germans made him up and he's like ha you know the devil is often portrayed <laughs> as half goat he's like yeah. kind of like a goat and he comes to Christmas Eve and if you're on the naughty list he just fucking kills you what the hell's going on, man? What, what? Hang on a sec. I officially took you guys yeah. off the naughty you, list. I was going to say, take you guys off the we're the only ones on there. <laughs> I have Goatman finna come murder me from on the naughty <laughs> list. No, no, wait. Guys, don't go to sleep tonight. Hang on a second. Before I before I got to fix this, <laughs> officially delete you off the naughty list before you go to sleep tonight. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's a decent enough. It, like this has been told for like generations. If you Google it's like a historical figure and they're starting to make movies about it and stuff like that. And you can find a couple of them that are worth your while. And I did. So anyways, there's my, there's my naughty list uh, for Christmas songs, guys. I don't know if you're familiar, but easy E Merry motherfucking Christmas worth a check. Easy E Merry motherfucking Christmas. And, um, Oh, the man, the man, uh, don't put it on with kids in the room. <laughs> and uh, it is, he would get canceled if he was around today. But this was from a different generation. This is the 90s, like the early 90s, because he died in like 94, 95. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, yeah. You guys got like a Christmas song or no? I don't like put, I don't put it on. But every time I hear it, it definitely, like it only comes on during the holiday season. Um, definitely the Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you. Um, it's so cheesy, but it like literally just it's like Isn't timeless. It? It's not cheesy, but it's just like timeless. <laughs> like kind of cheesy to say, but I feel like when you're walking around like, you know, the mall or whatever, you just hear it in the background, it just screams like literally Christmas. Christmas you know, so Isn't it weird how like look at I ain't a, I would never play that song in my car bumping it or some shit, or like I'm gonna hit a squat and put it on. But when songs like that come on and it's Christmas and the different lights are on. And like you're walking around and you hear cheesy songs like that, you're like, you fucking like it for some reason. It just yeah. like I, I went it to just... me, it puts you in a good mood. You're like, it's Christmas, it's the holidays. Yeah. I remember we, me and the fellas went out, and um, I moved to a new city, Windsor, and we went out, and then we we went to a diner for breakfast the next day. And at the diner, it's like an old school diner that looks straight out of a movie, and they have like Christmas music on in the background, and everyone in the diner was like, straight out of the movies, man. It, like for an old school diner, and I was like, I like this. I wouldn't bump this music alone, but the, the the Christmas music in the background and everything, and it was like, feels like the fucking it feels like the holidays. I heard she makes like twenty million a year from that song, or ten million I'm, some shit. I'm telling you, if you're an actor, 
like Bill Murray movie came out in 88. All right. Every year streaming services play it because they have to. If you're an actor or a musician, if you can get a Christmas album, song, not even a full album, if it hits, if it gets caught on like that, to your point, mil- globally, every single year for the rest of your life, thank you, those royalties are coming in. You know, I think it is probably 20 million. I was like, I think I did see a number because like, I mean, they all these companies have to license that shit out. And it's like, it's yeah. so grandfathered in. It's so ingrained in our culture. You have to have it. So as a company, like if I'm Macy's, or I'm a Target, or I'm a Starbucks, whatever. I'm a I'm a pay that check that I gotta get. I gotta pay. I'm gonna pay that check that I have to pay in order to play in my places. So that's crazy. You made she made that one song. Like I don't know when she made that shit, but it's dude, been around. It just keeps making money year after year, and it's not going nowhere. Dude, me and Gavin about to hop offline, sort of trying to put something together. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Trying to. Oh no! <laughs> Let's go. I need you. Listen, listen though. Need you as an 83 for that cover photo, though. Playboy. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to talk after after June. We're, we're going to put Brown has another. Chris Brown has a good Christmas song, too. I just can't remember the name right now in my head, but he has a good Christmas song, too. Chris Brown, for a hot minute, disappeared, but damn, he could sing. Chris yeah. Brown is like, damn, he could sing, man. Uh, but for a hot minute, it wasn't cool to be like bumping Chris Brown, but I think he's back. I think we're past it, no? I don't no, know. not really. People still give you shit for listening to Chris Brown. I, on Twitter, at least. I don't know, like, in general. Actually, no, well, just people give you shit on Twitter for anything. Yeah, if you if you say you listen to Chris Brown, or you, like, you post about him a lot, people going to be like, of course. Like, they'll say some shit about it. Do, do you see people... Threats. Do you, that's true. No, no one's paying attention. Do you see <laughs> um, people talking about, like, if you listen to Michael Jackson? Look at Michael Jackson's a genius. Michael Jackson is one of the most talented guys of any era. And people like, and it was never, I don't think it's ever been official that he was like a pedophile or whatever. But people like, do you not listen to Michael Jackson anymore? And this one comedian is like, when do you separate the art from the artist? Because if you tell me I can't listen to Michael Jackson, I'm telling you, you can't do mathematics. Because all those fucking guys from like, like all there, there's a bunch of those dudes from, you know, Greek and whatever that they did all of this math. And of course they were, you know, doing all types of weird shit with kids back in the day. And it was, it was socially acceptable. He goes, if I can't listen to Michael Jackson, you can't fucking do algorithms and, you know, Pythagorean theory and whatever. So you think about a Pythagorean theory. I'm saying goodbye to man in the mirror. And when we, that's what we, you got to separate the art from the man, but it is tough, man. But anyways, yeah, happy holidays, man. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm now I'm fucking concerned about that half goat man, man. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's Bro, right. Do you did we ask uh, Gavin Nick, you guys got Christmas songs? Yeah, I got I got one. Um the uh it's called Hallelujah by uh Pentatonics. That one's a, a classic, that one's amazing. I have seen people sing hallelujah, like whether it's acapella acoustic. I've seen people sing hallelujah and it, it hits, man. Dog, because I put that the way- a, a max out like session. Like I, I'll, I, 100%, 100%. It's deep. There was I'm a girl, looking- I, I, don't, I don't go to church, right? But I go to church like for Christmas with my parents my mom's pretty religious she's like seven in her 70s and i'm like all right whatever i'll do this thing for the christmas thing right and um there was a lady up there who sung hallelujah and i was like oh 
holy smokes. When I, you want to talk like, and she's never going to get signed, middle-aged now, like it's just not going to happen. But you want to talk about, if you can sing that song, Hallelujah, it's that one where like the, the notes and the whole nine, if you want to take it there, you know what you're doing. You got to know what you're doing. That is a song that you could go, man. And I saw, there's this one hardcore rock guy who did it and he made it his own too and like murdered it. You can find renditions anyways. You can go on YouTube and get caught up in that. But yeah, hallelujah. Yeah. If I'm I'm about to look. I'm gonna look, man, because there's some versions that are killer. That's yeah. a good one. That's a more sophisticated palette than easy motherfucking E, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you upstaged me, man. You upstaged me pretty bad on that one. Now I feel sheepish about Merry Motherfucking Christmas. <laughs> easy E. But uh, what you got? You got something, Nick? What you got? I cannot believe Russ took what I thought was going to be my hot take. Because I thought everyone hated that song. I hate that song. Uh, that song sounds awful, but I respect it. I respect That's it right. so much for the exact same reasons that Russ said. Like, the fact that Mariah Carey became such a cultural staple. Not even an icon. You just walk into, like, a Macy's, and she's going to be blaring it out throughout all of December. I just respect it. I hate the song, Wait. though. It's terrible. 20, easy. 20, <laughs> 20 million a year. How, yeah. When did let that me, come out? Hey, let me just not say something. Let me let me look it up. Let me see. Nah, 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 just, just stand on that. Stand on <laughs> say that she made it in like 1992. Just go. Uh, I bet out. you I would not be at all surprised if it was in the 90s. You do the math on that. That was a that was money well paid. Or, or time well spent in the studio or whatever. Uh, no, 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 it's like about three million. Ah, no, I hate the song now. It sucks. It doesn't even. <laughs> still, <laughs> still incredible. Three million a year. Uh, three million. She, she loves Christmas. She three million. Loves Christmas. Yeah, like three million in your account every single year around. Like just Christmas. It's like from November to December. You got three million. She's probably the happiest motherfucker in when Christmas rolls around. Hey guys, come on over for Christmas. No, I'll be what? buying the food. She gets three million, but I bet you the. The record label gets like shit, 100%. probably. Like, yeah, they're yeah. the ones making money, and then she gets like little crumbs off of that, probably. For sure, she gets points off it. Yeah, her cut's three mil, and their cut is probably way more. But for sure, that move, that song is generating some serious cash flow. Um, but there it is, fellas. I think. Do we have any more holiday Christmas stuff that we sh- we should drop in here? Damn, we talked a lot already for this. I thought the Christmas special would be short. Really? Yeah. A lot of sidebars. Dude, those sidebars. <laughs> we we my, break my, off some... My knees are finished, man. Sitting this long? <laughs> I'm going to walk around a little bit. God damn. I feel like yeah, Gavin has been all around his house at this point. <laughs> we gotta, it's like cribs. We got a tour of Gavin's house. He's full laundry. I'm he's expecting between, him at this point to just like... Say BRB he's, and he's just outside. He's outside. He's he's shoveling snow and like he's getting chores done and still talking to us. Multitasking. But, uh, multitasking. All right, fellas, that will conclude the holiday special. Everybody, thank you for checking in um, on whatever platform you are. Please do subscribe as per usual. And until next time, six pack lap at six up. And we are out.